It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network. Radio Network. You're listening to the Big Guy Sports Radio Show. Your home for New York sports. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Wake Up With Football in New York here live for the next two hours on Sunday, July 12th, 2020. We are here as always. I am your host, Jim, along with our co-host, Mac and Matt. How are you guys doing this morning? What's going on, guys? What's up, ladies and gentlemen out there? Hey, listen, uh, hopefully we're going to break out of this humidity today. I'm, I am dying. Working in the kitchen, guys, I'll tell you, you go when it's hot, you get behind a 600-degree a, a oven, you stand there, you sweat, you push. I mean, I'm just looking for a break in this weather, man. It's 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 killing me right now. Mac, you're lucky you're up north, buddy. I'm down here in sunny Orlando, Florida, and it's hot, and it's humid, and it's raining every day and all that stuff like that. So we can't catch a break. Great. And But Go today ahead. is going to be nice. Today is going to be no rain, nice day outside. I'll be here with you guys for the first two hours of it. So let's go. Wait, there's there's humidity around? I've been in the air conditioner for three months. Where is the humidity? <laughs> It's out there, Jim. It's out there, man. Don't step outside. You might there, is, there is some. Okay. I didn't know if uh I didn't know where you guys are picking that up. So well, anyway, as we get started today, uh if you're a New York sports fan, we have reason to celebrate as we had our first sports win of the season last night as the uh New York Red Bulls and the MLS took care of the Atlanta United one nothing. Very good game. Watched it. I know I was checking it out. We got a, a girl. Uh, the Red Bulls got a goal early on from Florian Vallant, and that goal held up. Uh, the Red Bulls goalie was outstanding last night. And if you're an MLS fan, you've reason to celebrate today as we got a Red Bulls win and New York Red Bulls are staying alive in the tournament with a couple more games to go. Not that it's a single elimination or anything, but every win counts because you got to get a certain amount of points, obviously, to move to the next uh, to the next round. So that was good. And if you're a UFC fight fan last night and you watched UFC 251, great matchup last night. You saw Kimura Usman defeated Jorge Masvidal in uh, in a decision, a unanimous decision. The fight went the distance, which you don't always see in UFC fights. So if you were a UFC fan, I know there's a lot of UFC fans out there. That was a pretty good fight to watch last night. Went the distance, even though he won it pretty handily. You know, still, you got your money's worth last night. He went the whole way. So that was a really good fight. Yeah, so sports kicking off last night. Um Good morning to the fans, Alex, Charles, Justin, you know, Alex, happy Red Bulls won. I tell you, good victory. We need some win in the soccer because the other, you know, NYCFC, they're almost out already. They almost lost. They haven't won a game yet. They can't even score. And Charles is ready to talk about how all the Giants were supposed to cut. So anyway, we got a good show for you guys today. We're going to talk about a little DeAndre Baker. We're going to talk some Jamal Adams. We're going to talk about the NFL trying to get some economic proposals together so they can feel comfortable. We're going to talk about the Eagles. And did you feel that the punishment for Deshaun Jackson was okay? And then we're going to start our first part of an eight-part series, which we're going to do every Sunday, where we are, as a network, we are ranking our football teams in order for the coming season, 32 to 1. We do four teams a week for eight weeks that'll take us all the way up to just about 
getting close to the start of the football season. So that's going to be interesting to get that underway and see where did your team come out as we averaged everything out. You know, I had a lot of fans post their bottom four last night for me. So we'll see where they come out. So we got a good show today. We'll kick it off with our man, DeAndre Baker, the man, the myth, that could be a legend, could not be a legend because we had no idea what's going on with him. So So, let's let me catch you up so you guys can talk about the craziness for me while I sip on some coffee and listen. (laughs) All right. So DeAndre Baker, we all know the story. Not going to backtrack. Went to a thing. Give you a quick recap. Went to a party. Got out of hand. Supposedly pulled some guns on some people. Robbed them. Blah, blah, blah. Ordered someone to be shot. Left. Then the story right after that happened, the lawyers for him and Dunbar start coming out and telling you how all of this stuff is made up. You know, that the, the witnesses say it wasn't them, mistaken identity, very quickly, too. Like within less than a week, every witness had recanted their statement. So then we're all starting to think, oh, oh he's good. We I even wrote an article about it on the website that I said, Did we judge Baker too quick? I bought into his lawyer's opinion. I said, Did we judge him? It was like the longest article I've ever written. So anyway, (laughs) then it comes out, Baker, odd timing too. A report comes out two or three days ago that the Giants have finally allowed Baker to come and start attending stuff. Then very weird because nothing about Baker was said for three weeks. And right after that came out, it's almost like the authorities were like, well, wait, 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 wait a second. And they said, you know what? Not going to happen. And they announced that they have it on tap, wiretaps and messages and all this other crap. Maybe it's not wiretaps, but you get the idea that him and Dunbar and the lawyers took part in paying off the witnesses about 50 to 55 K each to retract their statement. But now the witnesses are being squeezed by the authorities and admitting they were paid off. (laughs) But now the lawyers or try, of course, I expect his lawyer to say this. The lawyer is saying, nah, we didn't do that. They, they, they didn't do this. Well, of course, I expect the lawyer to say that because Baker and Dunbar might go to jail, but the lawyer is going to lose his license because paying off witnesses is like a big no-no. This ain't the mob, you know. So we'll start with Mac this morning. Mac. I'm going to put you on the flame to the fire here. I'm not going to let you play diplomat. Who do you believe? The feds or DeAndre Baker's lawyer? Well, I was I was kind of with you in the beginning. In fact, uh, my wife, who's a writer, and me, I did post a few things about how the court of public opinion should, you know, wait to innocent to proven guilty, where it's really just the opposite in a lot of cases. They not only have direct messages, they have videos of the payment itself. Um, it's his friend that was running around trying to trying to pay people off. And, and it's also Dunbar's friend. I guess they were friends since they were children. This guy, um, this guy, I think his name is Johnson, is the one that was actually uh, bringing money. And they showed a bag of money on video. Uh, they have a messaging uh, Baker. Um so there's two things that I that I think about while seeing all these things, and one is, one is a I think this is for everybody. As far as having friends that were friends in a past life, and what I mean by that is when your circumstances change, when you get a lot of money, you become famous, or even if you change your your, your situation of getting married and and having children, 
all these things change with your old friends. I mean, you're not the same person. You're not hanging out at the bar trying to pick up women. You're not going out to the ballpark and throwing a Frisbee or playing ball anymore. Your lifestyle changes. And these friends that you keep or hold on, they don't change. They're the same people they were when you knew them. So I know I lost a lot of friends when I got married and had children because we don't connect anymore. And it's the same thing, I think, when you get a lot of money. All of a sudden, you get a lot of money and people you never heard from in years all start, start coming out of the woodwork. So it's very, it's very possible here that keeping this relationship with this friend who was going around and trying to help these guys out kind of made, made this happen or maybe uh, uh, made it more come back on Baker. Because I think if Baker did was being extorted, as his lawyer is claiming right now, if that is true, he should have went right to the police at that time and said, hey, listen, guys, I'm, these people that said I did this are now trying to extort me. And, and that's why they said that they want to pay. They want some money from me. And that's why they're saying that if he did that right from the beginning, then I would believe Baker. But since he did not do that and they have video and a direct message, I'm thinking that uh, he's going to be in some trouble here. And I don't think he's going to be a giant that much longer. All right, so you're siding with the lawyer. Uh, before I pass it to Matt, just to touch base on so you say you make a very good point. If you roll back to, say, Ray Lewis, when he came out of Miami and came into the league, everybody knew Miami was a school that had a lot of questionable people there. He took his friends with him at first, and it almost landed him in prison. Yeah. Because he had the situation with the shooting and the deaths, and he barely got out of that. Yeah. Well, luckily for Ray Lewis, he was able to get out of that to give himself a chance to cut those people off, which he did. So, Matt, are you in the same boat? Do you kind of feel like Baker is, you know, up Craps Creek, as they say? Yeah, I think I'm just going to have to say that he's probably done for with that as far as the Giants are concerned. Let me ask you something. Why would a guy that didn't allow a single touchdown completion on him in his college career, in his last three years of college at Georgia, that means playing in SEC title games, that means playing – trying to get to the national title game that means playing in big time football games all season long against the best teams in the country why would he slide out of the first round well he why? was late in the first round he went 20 well because we traded back up in to the first round to get right. him get him yeah mm -hmm. okay you think one of the top cornerbacks in the nation is going to slide all the way to the back end of the first round so much so that we can trade back up to 27 and get him for next to nothing there's a reason for that, and it was his character. He had character issues at Georgia, whether it be studying film, whether it be showing up on time to meetings, whether it be being at practice every day on time, being healthy, passing drug tests. There's, there's been consistent issues, consistent issues, consistent issues. When this happened, we said, you know what, we got to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's never really been in any legal trouble. You know, he's never been in trouble in the streets. He's got no kind of criminal record, things like that. He wasn't arrested. But, you know, you look at the, the pattern of behavior with these NFL players these days, man, and they don't care about these millions of dollars they're getting, obviously. <clears throat> they're chasing clout in the streets, and they're chasing a reputation. And this is what it's going to get them every single time. And these young guys need to learn, and they need to grow up and realize that you have an opportunity a lot of people would kill for. And for you to go out there and squander it like that, irresponsible. I think, you know, you can't deny the evidence they have, man. This Their boy wanted to be braggadocious. Oh, I got the witnesses to recant, and I'm the one that did this, and I got them. To, I saved these boys, and you want to brag, and you want to run your mouth, and you know what they say: loose lips sink ships. And DeAndre Baker and Quentin Dunbar's ship has been sank. 
You mentioned the clout, and that's a good point because that's the only reason. Because it's it dumbfounds me to think about why a player would. And I mean, you answered it, but I'm just speaking. You know, it dumbfounds me why a player has his whole life in front of him, comes into the league, he gets a nice, decent first round type contract. You know, if he shows any sense of being able to play, he's going to get a really decent contract in the next one. And he's going to be paid and set up for life. And then you go and you throw it away because we're sitting here and we're thinking about, well, what's taking the Giants so long as Charles said, and we'll ask that question in a minute to cut him. But look at the big picture. There's a chance this guy could go to jail for 10 years and his football career is over. And to throw that away for clout is just so stupid. Everything you worked for your entire life to get to this point, you just threw away. It was over a Madden debt. The text messages reflect and the and the messages, the direct messages on Instagram reflect. This was a Madden tournament and they thought everybody was kosher, basically. And so they're saying that, okay, we thought everybody was cool and da-da-da-da-da. And basically it turned into they thought that these guys cheated. They wanted their money back. And so one thing led to another. They robbed and took their money back. This is what is reflected in the direct messages that were released by the authorities the day before yesterday. There was something true about the whole story. They were playing Madden. <laughs> yeah, no, this all came from a Madden, a Madden tournament. They were having a big time Madden tournament. Now, these guys are betting Jim like ten grand a game on Madden. You know what I'm saying? So if you feel like somebody's being spammy or somebody's cheating you, they're going to take it really seriously. It's not like you and me betting 20 bucks online or something like that. It's a different situation. Yeah, yeah. It's true. So. Well, let me ask Mac. Let me ask you something. Let me to Charles' question. Why haven't they cut, cut him yet? Oh, I imagine that they're going to wait to see what the final word is. I mean, listen, you, this he is a talent. You can't deny that. Uh, yeah, he had problems, but again, the talent – kind of went over with the problems that he could particularly have. The, the, the character issue that, that, that I'm more concerned about anything is not being able to cut ties with, with people that were there before. And that, you know, you're, you're, you're becoming an adult. I know he's a kid, but hey, 18, you're legal. You're, you're a legal adult. And once you get a, a, a chance like this, there's a big decision. Even in, even in, Jim, even if, if, you're sportscasting like yourself. Even if you become a, a major company owner uh, and you're trying to grow a business, you're going to lose friends. And you and, and just that's just the way it is. There's nothing in common anymore. So to bring somebody along with you from your past that's used to going in one direction and is not in your place, and you really like this guy, and, and we all had friends like that that we really liked and wanted to be around. But, man, all of a sudden – this guy becomes a liability to you. And I wish that maybe during college that they would, I don't know if they do or not, that they would have some kind of a, a training or some kind of uh, uh, discussions or, or something with all these players that are at the top of their game and say, hey, listen, man, you're, you're no longer a high school kid. This is what you want to do. You've got to start to get your life together and push forward as a professional because a lot of people get caught up in that, Jim. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we'll we'll touch base on that more this week as more starts to come out on that as we move on to the next subject. But it doesn't look good for Baker. And I would not be surprised if, you know, he's gone early this week 
if they just cut ties with him already because it's time for them to plan how they're going to go into the season. And Charles also asked what happened with Rojas. Why hasn't he released? And I honestly don't have any information for Charles on that. I mean, other than to say that they're obviously still looking into that because honestly, since the day Rojas has been arrested, nothing's been said about it. He's been quiet. Even the media is not covering it. So <clears throat> maybe they sent him to – bro, we know they sent him to alcohol rehab. I don't know where he went. So That would be a smart move. Smart move. Might be in rehab right now. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, everybody said, oh, Rojas is going to get cut. What if they instead decided that to send him to get help? And if he goes yeah. through the treatment, okay, they'll bring him back. That's the new you know? protocol. That's the new, that's the new thing now. They're going to send them for uh, rehab type stuff. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he didn't shoot. He didn't pull a gun on anybody. So it's a whole, you know, it's a totally different thing. So let's move on to the next thing. I know this will be something, uh, you know, Justin is interested. So the, the Seattle Seahawks, who are very talented, are very, very, very interested in trading to Jamal Adams. Now, mm. I'll throw a little wrench into this, um, you know, a little wrench into this, because I don't know how much you want to put into this or um, – you know how much you take what Le what Le'Veon Bell says seriously, but Le'Veon Bell came out yesterday and said Jamal Adams. He, they've spoken, and he doesn't really want to be traded. He just wants to be treated with respect, and he's going to wind up staying here. Now, who knows? I don't know if anything Le'Veon Bell says is that <laughs> it's true or not true, and nor nor do the Jets plan to trade him unless they get a good deal. So, Matt, uh, I. You know, I don't know. He, Jamal Adams would look really strong in Seattle. Seattle would look strong, really strong with Jamal Adams. You know, that would – you got uh, – what's his name? Quadri Diggs is the other safety up there in Seattle. Mm -hmm. Man, that'd be set up for you. That's a legion of boom coming right back to Seattle. And, and with that offense the way it is, they've improved the offensive line. They've got DK Metcalf over. You got a guy like Jamal Adams to the Seahawks, man. That's it. They're winning the NFC, going to the Super Bowl. Mm, that's a strong prediction. Mac shaking his head like, I don't know if I agree. Lay it on us. Don't. Uh, listen, San Francisco is still a class out there first, and, and I don't think anybody's going to beat them over in that division. Not that the Seahawks should get a wild card. Listen, there's inside information uh, that says that the Seahawks are definitely pursuing uh, Adams. Uh, the dynamic trade the Jets would be looking for it. And I've been saying this all along. Look, Jamal Adams is a great safety. There's no – there's nothing – there's no way you can deny that. He's an unbelievable player, an impact player. But guess what? So was Herschel Walker when he was with the Vikings in Dallas, and 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 they traded it uh, – Dallas traded him to the Vikings and, and set their Super Bowl team up. It depends on what type of trade. If they're going to get – Help on defense, help on offense. If they're gonna, if they're gonna get some really good draft picks, listen, Herschel Walker, one of the greatest hot, uh, running backs in, in the NFL at the time. Jamal Adams, one of the greatest safeties in the in the league at this time. If they can make a major tra trade and get some number one draft picks or a couple uh, uh, really solid starters, man, I definitely consider it. Well, I'm gonna, I stick to what I said when we talked about this a few weeks ago. I still think that. The Jets are not going to move him. They don't have to move him. They have control of him. We're not talking about a guy who's in his franchise tag right now and just plans to sit out. We're talking about a guy who has two years left before we even get to that situation. So they have him under control for two more years. They shouldn't give him away. I mean, of course, if Seattle wants to call up and say, we'll give you the next three years our first-round pick, well, then you'd probably be dumb not to trade him. You know, that's three first round picks, but you know, but they're going to be late first round picks anyway. 
I mean, Seattle's going to pick in the back, you know, 25 to 32. So I still stick that he's going to be with the Jets. And I still believe deep down inside that they're going to get a contract done with him. I think as soon as the cap number goes up and they figure out how much money they have to spend, you know, you know, he's going to stay. I mean, I've already put a, they already got pictures of him in Seattle Jersey out on the internet. I already put one up for, you know, my and Justin. So, you know, it'd be a little upset. So, you know, just think about it. What does it do to the jets? I'll stay with you for a second, Mac. What happens? If, I mean, imagine the jets do trade Adams and all you get back is picks. Right. Jets virtually with the fact that their defense is not the greatest to begin with. Aren't you just right away throwing the season away then? Imagine if you don't get players back and you just get a few picks, aren't you just kind of saying, you know what? We're okay going six and ten this year. Well, you gotta remember when when Dallas did this with Herschel Walker, they were at the bottom of the bottom of the league. They were even had a worse record than the Jets and, uh when they did this trade. Listen, if you really want to build your team, the Jets have uh uh potential maybe this year to, to challenge, but they're not going to win that division. They're not going anywhere after that. I mean, you want to look to really build a team. If you're really set on building a team, you want to get as much draft picks as you can. You don't have to worry about the big contracts right away. And and you want to look to how do you want to build a team? What do you, you want to do? You remember Dallas got Emmett Smith. I think they got Michael Irvin and, and cho- choices like that back then with that Herschel Walker trade. That became a Super Bowl team for, yeah. for a few years. I mean, they were a dynamite team. So if this is the kind of trade they can get, and if they do follow that, that Dallas plan, you're going to see them in a, in a couple few years up there challenging for the top spot. So, yeah, you sacrifice Jamal Adams right now, and then you may get two losses out of it, or, or, or who knows. But if you really want to build your team, this is an outstanding opportunity if Seattle's willing to do that and reported they are willing to, to, to make a dynamic trade with them. So if I'm a GM, I'm saying, well, what do you got? How many picks you got? And, and, and do you have anything that I could use right now? And if they can do that, they may pull off another trade of the century. Go ahead, man. Outside of who, who are you going to trade in addition to your first round pick if you're Seattle to the Jets? Two things the Jets are going to consider when trading with Seattle for a pick. We know it's going to have to be a first-rounder. thing about it is you know Seattle's going to be picking in the bottom five, bottom seven of the first round. So you're not necessarily getting that much quality out of that pick. Now, are they going to throw in their second rounder? Are they going to throw in two first-rounders in the following seasons? You know, Are you going to throw in one of your star players on offense? Are you going to trade away a linebacker? You know, so – what are you going to have to give up here for Seattle to the Jets? Um, and if you're Joe Douglas and you're looking at your team and you're saying, you know, without this guy, I might make Matt and Jim and Max bottom four today <laughs> on the top 32 because they would. The Jets would automatically move down to a bottom four team without a guy like Jamal Adams on that defense. He, They would be hapless. You One know? second. One second, Jim. But does that really matter whether they finish – 25 or 32 they're still not going nowhere no but it matters, it matters who they get because right you no know, joe douglas is saying and he said this publicly and it's not a secret you want jamal adams okay i want two ones and a good young player in return mm-hmm. so if seattle's going to come back and say you can have our one this year you can have our one the year after that and you a young talented player not some guy who's like number 50 on the depth chart yeah. they probably would yeah. do it i but, would i, I would think it would have to be a DK Metcalf. It would have to be somebody on offense because they're not going to 
bringing Jamal Adams to send somebody away on defense, that would right. be counterproductive. Mm -hmm. So they would have to give up, not an offensive lineman. They just brought those guys in to try to help out Russell Wilson. It's not going to be Russell Wilson. Who are you going to send? C.J. Procise? They don't need a running back. That leaves the wide receiver position. That leaves D.K. Metcalf or Lockett. Lockett's a little bit older. That would leave Metcalf. Are you going to trade away D.K. Metcalf? But you would come if you were the Jets. If the, if the Seattle offered you Metcalf in two ones. Yeah. You, oh, yeah. Send it. I'm out of there. Yeah, I'm out of there. You know, but again, as I mentioned before, Matt mentioned, remember, Seattle's giving you virtually a two because they're good. They're not yeah. giving you a top 10 pick. It's right. like the NBA where, you know, they trade you the 24th pick in the draft and you get a you get a lucky ball in the lottery and you're in the top five. You know, this is. This is virtually almost the second round pick two years in a row. Exactly. I don't know if that's enough. I'm with Tyrome on this one, and I'll stay where I've said this all along. I've never changed course. Do well, not hate him. I don't care if he's unhappy. Pay well, 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 I like I like our second round draft choices here, Jim. You know, he's right. a pretty, you know, I mean, listen, that was a fluke where a guy who should have went in the first round slid. You're putting on that happening back to back years that they get that lucky. I mean, if you look at if you look at the draft, most most of the draft picks that come up and start almost right away are like two through four. The number one draft pick, picks in a lot of cases not only don't don't come up and play right away, but sometimes they're bust. So I mean, I'm not saying that that uh, uh, that having uh, a lower first round draft choice is better than not having a higher first round draft choice. But if you're building a team. If you're trying to get players to build and have your team get stronger, it doesn't matter who uh, uh, the top player is, like a Chase Young or something like that. It's more important to me that you start filling in all your blanks and all your needs at like two through four. And that's where most of the players start right away from. No, I get what you're saying, but I'm not trading a 24-year-old all-pro safety who's probably the best safety in the league or top two. Yeah, if they if they trade him, they're gonna have to start the third round pick Ashton Davis out of California, probably at that position, and that's not gonna happen. Yeah, the Jets like, have to really end this cycle of constantly just saying it's okay to be crappy. I think Joe Douglas is gonna end that cycle. He's gonna build that team into a contender. Joe Douglas is a great GM, and you saw what he did with the Eagles. He built that team up. I mean, granted, he kind of took over part of it, but mm. Joe Douglas built that team. Right. You know, that's your um, point, though. You build that team. You build that team around a 24-year-old all-pro safety. He's not 28. He's 24. That's who you, you got a great young quarterback, a guy that can be a great young quarterback. Got a lot of potential. Denzel Mims, they got him in the second round last year. That was a good quality pick for him, <laughs> for them. Makai Becton's going to come in. So now you've got your guy defending Darnold's blind side. So the Jets are set up in a they're, – they're okay. You know, but if you lose Jamal Adams, that defense is it's, it's a, not it's even that way. great to begin with the defense. Exactly. They're not that good to be you have that's good, and then you play cool. Here we go. Now he fills a big he fills a lot of holes for them from one position. You know, well, I'll tell you, I'd rather I'd rather have a player on the team that wants to play for me, that wants to that really wants to contribute. I don't want somebody that's in the press all the time complaining, may may hold out from practice, may not give you everything he wants because he's unhappy. Well, he never I mean, said he didn't want to play for them, Mac. He said that he wanted to be paid fairly and in accordance he, to as good as he is. He just said he wanted to go to different eight teams, Mac. Yeah, I just request his trade. But here's the thing, Mac, you're asking. You're asking on the flip side now. You're saying to Jet fans, okay, it's a, just accept the fact you're going to be crappy for three years while we <laughs> while we bring in these picks for the Adams trade and we draft them and we mold them and we bring them in. 
in sports, nobody has patience. Nobody wants well, to pay. Well, then they're, then they're going to be stuck with a 7-9 and nine team for the next few years. Listen, if you really want to rebuild a team, you go after. you got to get draft picks. you got to be smart in, in, in the free agent market. And I'm telling you right now, Jamal Adams not being there, getting all these resources, may build the Jets quicker than holding on to Jamal. Well, right, but see, that's the thing is you're going under the process that the Jets consider themselves rebuilding. They don't. They consider themselves a contender this year. Regardless of where we think they'll finish, the only thing that really matters when it comes to building a team is what the team views because that's how they're going to go after it. The Jets consider themselves in the playoff hunt. If they didn't consider themselves in the playoff hunt, they never would have signed Le'Veon Bell. Never. Mm -hmm. Is that a piece to pick for a team that's not trying to win. They thought they were ready to go. Yeah, so they're ready to go. So if you're ready to go, you have to keep Adams because he's all you got on defense. Mm -hmm. You know, so – you know, you want to say May is pretty good, but he's not Adams. Definitely. You know what I mean? So we'll see what happens with that. I just, you know, everyone had talked about Philly, Dallas, and this is wishful thinking. You know, the, you know, the Cowboys and Eagles remind me of the Yankees. At any time someone's available, they automatically think they're getting them. Like, slow down. That's not how it works. All right? Nobody wants to play in Philly. All right? No, did you not hear what Denzel Mims said? No one's playing dirty Philly. What are you talking about? Let's go to Philly. The only Philly team we ever talk about on the air is the Flyers. Oh, man. <laughs> no one wants to play in Philly. No, just, you ever notice that, though? Seriously, like like in baseball, how the Yankees, whenever someone's available, everyone's still going to the Yankees. And I can understand that because when you're the Yankees and you have, like, an open wallet, that's possible. But you ever notice how the, the Cowboys and the Eagles are have become the football version of that without the money? Everyone who comes available, oh, maybe Jerry will go get them. Jerry can't pick up anyone right now because he's hiding in the middle of the Mediterranean on his yacht trying to figure out how he can recover from his BLM comments from three years ago when Kaepernick was kneeling and he's afraid to speak publicly. He doesn't have time to get Jamal Adams because they're about to send a search party out for him. So He's wondering how he's going to pay Dak that Patrick Mahomes contract is what he's trying to figure out. How do I get out of this one when Dak's – well, I'm not going to get into Dak being a bum, but he is. But anyway, so because Mac and I went about this during the week. So – with that being said, well, that's another story we'll be monitoring every sure. week, all week, until we figure out what happens with Adams. And we, sure. you know, I'm sure Sutton's going to break in the next two months. I mean, he's either going to get traded, or once he once the season starts, he's there. He's there. End of story. So, <clears throat> not surprisingly, the NFLPA and the NFL are discussing ways to get through this from an economical standpoint, as every sport has. Every sport has had to face the fact that, listen, you're not getting ticket sales, which NFL are, are the priciest tickets in the business of all the sports. You're not getting NFL ticket sales this year. You're not getting, you're not, a lot of teams are not even getting their season ticket money this year because they've already, like the Giants and a few others, have already rolled it over to next year. You're not getting that $45 parking fee you get from all the fans. When they come to the game, which, believe me, Giants is like $40 to park. Um, I'll tell you that. I get a second job just to pay to park. So, you know, they're not getting concession money. A lot of money not coming into the NFL. All they're getting is TV. Now, everyone can sit here and say, oh, but the TV deal in the NFL is spectacular. It's what makes them rich. True. But when it's the only thing coming in and it's got to pay all your bills, you know, because people forget just because there's no fans in the building 
doesn't mean there's not still bills to maintain the stadium and to get it operational that day and to have someone running the scoreboard and someone turning the lights on and paying the electric. Okay. This is not, this is not the same thing people as when you turn on your 1100 square foot electricity, they're elect, they're putting electricity on the stadium. Yeah. They pay more in a day than you pay in a month just to put those lights on. All this stuff still exists regardless of whether there's fans. So here's what they're talking about. Um, the issued an economical counterproposal to the league. The NFLPA detailed the following specifics. No escrow of 2020 salaries because the NFL had wanted some escrow. Um, no escrow. A flat salary cap of $198.2 million for 2021. Spread of revenue losses from this year will be spread between 2022 and 2030 salary caps and payment of all fully guaranteed money, even if the games are canceled. Now, I'm not an economic genius and I didn't go to college and study economics, but from reading that, it sounds to me like the players want all their cake and eat it too. I don't see a single thing in there in their calendar proposal that helps the owners. So I have to ask the question. Mac is smiling, which is why I'm going to give it to him first because he looks like he's busting at the seams. Oh, Are we headed for an MLB type situation? Because it looks like the NFL players don't care. They just want all their money. Well, I mean, when you're going to make a proposal, of course, you're going to go to the extreme to try to meet in the middle anyway. But um, listen, I'm, the NFL is better off than any other, I would say almost any other big sport out there. They kind of pool all their money together. They kind of make sure that all the teams are okay. I would imagine that in the deal, the player is going to move towards the middle, as the owners will. They'll strike up something. Um, like you said, though, man, you know, the fans not being there, people, people do talk about the contracts, and they are astronomical. I mean, the commercial time and all that on there is it's just crazy. But as you said, there's utilities, there's insurances, there's taxes, there's there's uh, and the community around these uh, big stadiums. All that money is going to be lost, and who knows what kind of deals they got with the surrounding communities. So there's going to be a lot of money lost this year. And if uh, we don't have a uh, any kind of uh, antidote or any kind of at least some kind of vaccine, it may carry into next year. So I mean. It is a rough position. I don't feel as bad for the NFL as I do the other sports because they do have so much revenue coming in, and they are together as as a unit better than any other league that I've than I than I've ever seen. So, uh, yeah, Jim. I mean, I think that's just an extreme bid. I mean, when you want something, you go to extreme. They want something, they go to extreme, and of course, that's negotiations. Uh, the ML the MLB is is just they. I I have no idea. They didn't negotiate high and then low. They just went low. <laughs> Uh, and they just put all the dirty laundry out there, man. We were just a hamper for them guys all year. Well, let me ask you, Matt. Do you agree with what the players are saying that should the games be canceled due to the COVID-19 virus this year, that all guaranteed money should still be paid out 100%? No. We're only asking for guaranteed money to be paid out. Okay? Not, I mean, but that affects such a small percentage of players, okay, because not every player is guaranteed any money. You know, there are some players that have no guaranteed money in their contract. They get their signing bonus, and that's it, you know. So that affects such a small percentage of players. It's guys like Michael Thomas and the Kirk Cousins of the world that are going to 
moan about this and complain and say, oh, I want all my money even if you don't play. No, this, if you don't go to work, do you still get paid? Nope. Mac, if you don't go to work at the restaurant, punch in, sign your time card, do you still get paid? For your hours for that day? No, I don't think Not so. After your vacation days run out. I got to use my PTO. I've got to use my insurance, my short term, my long term. I've got to, I've got to cover myself, right? So why should they be get favorable treatment? On the other hand, though, why can't the NFL afford, with all the billions and billions and billions of dollars in profits that they've made, to sustain themselves for some sort of extended period of time? Why is it that the average Joe? needs to have enough to support themselves for a long time if things go south. But these giant companies, corporations, teams, businesses that make billions and billions of dollars on our backs, they're, they're saying, hey, man, we got to figure out all these different little loopholes so we can keep money and make money and, and sustain ourselves for the next two weeks before we need to figure something else out. Put some money in escrow. The players need to be reasonable. That only doesn't help the league. It helps the players, okay? It would help. It would because that trust, that security <clears> – <throat> them in a situation where okay everyone has to meet their terms now then you have to agree on the terms of the escrow mm -hmm. yeah no, i mean that's a whole nother negotiation it's like a contract within itself and you know i think the players are a little bit a little off a little asking for a little much here they need to be a little more reasonable and the, the guaranteed money thing throw that out the window it only affects one percent of one percent of those players that are really going to be affected by not getting all their guaranteed money I throw that out the door. They need to chill and just let's work it out together, you know, the union and the league, and let's get going. Well, the good news, the one good news is that the NFL and the NFLPA do agree on one thing. They don't want the salary cap to plummet in 2021. So they're on the same page on that, at least. So that's a, that, that's a big one because by the NFL not wanting to see the salary cap get lowered means that players' salaries don't get lowered. You know, so that's <clears throat> that's a win for everyone. And what Matt said is true about, you know, going to work and all that. But, you know, let's be honest. Jerry doesn't want to sell his yacht. He doesn't want to lose money. I mean, he doesn't want to be paying people as money. I don't – I football's tough, man, because the only thing in football that's guaranteed is your guarantee. You know, that's why you see these players sign these contracts. You know, two years, $50 million, and you read $35 million guaranteed. The other $15 million they only get if they play. So if they don't play, they were never getting that 15. They're just trying to fight to not have lose some of that guaranteed money. Because that people don't realize that in football, like for example, Patrick Mahomes got 140 million guaranteed. He doesn't get that 140 million in a check in one day. That's broken up into payments sure. over time. You know, Kansas City Chiefs just don't say, oh, here's 140 million dollars. You know, that's not how it works. So so there's a lot of loopholes to that. That's why Todd Gurley. Ended up having to pay the Rams back money. Didn't or they restructured his contract up because they were saying, okay, well, we gave you all this money, all this guaranteed money. You didn't play. Calvin Johnson had a similar issue with Detroit. Got his contract, decided to retire. They said, hey man, you got to you got to pay. And there was a whole litigation about it. So, you know, it's a it's a progress and, for him. And, and like you said, Matt, there is a very small percentage. Most of the I call them foot soldiers in the NFL. They're not making a lot of money, and, and they there's a large percentage in the union that are th these type of people. In fact, the majority is. They're not only not getting guaranteed money, they're not getting the big contracts. So these are the guys that are going to be voting along with the, the few individuals that make them big contracts, that get that guarantee. And as far as the companies going making billions of dollars, 
People got to realize that they don't have billion dollars set in the bank here somewhere. That billion dollars is totally being invested, being liquid, is, is moving around all over the place. They don't just liquidate, you know, the team and, and, and sell off. There's a lot of people that are invested in their companies and they have, you know, they're making moves or investing. They're trying to trying to make something happen, whether it's promotions or whether it's community relations. All that money from that team is not sitting in the bank somewhere where, where they just can go and write a check for a billion dollars. That's that's not how it works. Well, let me ask you another question also. Um, I don't know if you saw this yesterday, and this was like one of the, you know, it's weird. You read a lot of ridiculous things with everything going on right now. But the NFL has said that it's okay for players to tackle each other and sweat on each other and breathe on each other and, you know, get down and dirty to play the game of football, but they can't exchange jerseys after the game. Now, am I missing something here? I mean, is that not the dumbest thing? Now, I don't agree with a lot that Richard Sherm says because I think he just likes to be a blowhard a lot of the time. But can we be honest here? He hit the head. He nailed it on this one. I mean, how dumb is that? So I could, I could tackle people and get sick, but I can't take his jersey? Yeah. Someone please enlighten me here on what, what is going on here. I don't even know what, like, is this even worth complaining about? You can't swap jerseys after the game, guys. Just say, all right, man, no jersey swaps for a little while and call it a day. Now, I get it. Like, okay, let's just say, now, if you want to look at it from one point of view, it would be, okay, what if this person has it? We played football, tackle, this yelling, hollering, breathing, screaming, spitting, whatever. You take his jersey home. You have his jersey. It's not been washed, nothing like that. Okay, fine. And it's he's contaminated. I don't know. I don't know what they're worried about. I would have speculate. I don't, I don't even know where to go with that because it's so senseless. You're going to let them play football, but they can't trade jerseys. It, it's silly. It's <laughs> this is like them just doing too much. Just, you're just doing too much NFL right now. Charles, at, what's up with Leonard Williams? The latest on Leonard Williams is still the same is that he's tagged for this year. He supposedly wants somewhere between 18 and 20 million which he's not going to get. And even if he doesn't get that money, he's still a giant this year. They already tagged him. The only real thing that the Giants are waiting on is I think it's not the middle of the month, it's the end of the month now. They're waiting to find out at the end of the month if they still have the rights to Golden. Mm -hmm. If no one else offers him a contract, he's automatically back with the Giants at $4.11 million. So, oh, it's speaking of which, before anybody starts to feel bad about Antonio Brown and how he was let go last year because he can't get out of his own way, the Patriots paid him the rest of his some of his guarantee yesterday. So he got a nice $5 million check from the Patriots yesterday. So, you know, it's not bad for someone who went and played like three games and then got cut. <laughs> yeah, right. $5 million, you know? Not bad at all. Not bad at all. It's a that's good money. I think they paid Aaron Hernandez settlement too. I don't know where that money. Yeah, they, I guess to his uh, wife, his daughters. Is this state? Yeah, is this state problem? Yeah. So don't feel bad for sports players all the time, my friends. I mean, you know, three games, guy got like a total eight million dollars. I mean, that's a that's a pretty good paycheck to then go and run around your lawn naked chasing people. Act like a clown. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> So anyway, we got one more story today before we get into uh, the second hour, which will totally focus on our new eight-week special event that we're running. So the Eagles, punishment for Deshaun Jackson and where you feel it stands. Now, let me uh, let me uh, give you a breakdown of this just to get 
you know, up to speed. So the Eagles decided to find Deshaun Jackson and put him on the roster conditionally, which means they haven't made a final decision yet on whether they're going to cut him. It said, the club announced Friday it is fine the wide receiver for conduct detrimental to the team from his series of controversial posts on Instagram and sharing an image of a quote falsely attributed to Adolf Hitler earlier this week. The Eagles statement noted that Jackson, who has since offered multiple public apologies, must also commit to supporting his words with actions in order to remain with the Eagles. We have had numerous com constructive conversations over the last few days, not only with Jackson, but with many other players, members of the organizations and leaders in the community. This has led us to the point where we are and here we are ready to take the next step. Um, Jackson posted an image from a book with the passes, white Jews, with will blackmail America, they will extort America. Their plan for world domination won't work if the Negroes know who they are. Uh, the veteran wide receiver also publicly endorsed the speech from Nation of Islam leader Louis Farrakhan, in which he alleges the White House coronavirus advisor, Dr. Anthony Fauci, or as I like to call the crazy guy, because that guy's crazy, and Microsoft founder Bill Gates were hoping to depopulate the earth with a virus vaccine. So, Obviously, we as we touch base, the Eagles were very offended because anybody who knows knows that the Eagles owners are Jewish. So they took, you know, so that didn't take too long to get offended on that one. Um, he did apologize. And it sounds like much like we said, even though it's on a different length, much like we said with Rojas before, it sounds like the Eagles, they find him fine. OK, you always hit the guy in the wallet first, it's almost like whatever you do, you're definitely getting fine. That's a gimme. Um, they've decided to see if they can rehabilitate him, as I like to say, like they're doing with Rojas. They want to see his actions, you know, show us. If you could show us, you stay. If you can't, we're going to release you because they've told they've come straight out and said, you're not guaranteed to stay. It's all going to depend on what you show us. So, Mac, does the uh, are you OK with that? A fine and a little, you know, and see how he does with some rehabilitation. Well, I mean. Deshaun's not in the greatest position as a player right now, being injured and not being that uh, last year and not really being as dominating as he was on, on kick returns and punt returns and, and as a, a burner on the wide receiver spot. So he's really not in a position where he's like a superstar like he used to be or kind of a superstar like he used to be. As far as – see, I stay away from Facebook unless it's for the show. I stay off that thing because it's nothing but trouble swirling around Facebook. And you see something and you're a little emotional or you're feeling or you're feeling some type of way or you're hanging out with friends and you see this post. And you say, yeah, man, that's true. That sounds right. But, I mean, you know, and then you repost it. And then you make a couple of comments. And, man, you're all over the place. Um, I know that he – was talking to the Patriots receiver. His his name slips my mind right now. He's Gettle, Edelman. Um, Edelman, thank you. He's uh, he's he's a uh, 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 Jewish from the Jewish community. Um, he offered to. He came on and talked to uh, uh, Jackson about having a meeting and maybe going checking out. Uh, you know where they that. Not to me interrupt for saying you keep going. I thought that was a good invitation because he offered not only to take him. To look at the, the Holocaust history, but he also said, and you can educate me on the 
the black, black water movement. So I right. think you could sit down if you ask me. I mean, isn't that what it's all about to have a couple people sit down and discuss the differences to try to understand everything? I mean, well, I, you know, I think I don't I don't know what happened to the public school system, but I, I you know, I think a lot, a lot of people should already know this stuff. I mean, when I went through school, we learned about the, the Holocaust. We learned about civil rights. I mean, I I don't know what's going on with the with the younger generation right now. That was the basics that I learned when I was going through school. So, I mean, Listen, Facebook, people, Facebook is like is like the devil, man. I'm telling you right now. If you're not out there, if you're going to go out there and start reposting stuff and 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 get not only yourself in trouble but your your husband in trouble, kicked out of soccer. I mean, I mean, so many things happen out there, man. Just <laughs> just to go and repost something and say, yeah, you know, just, you know, use your head before you post. Think about it. Don't go crazy. Don't I don't want to you feel that the punishment was fair that's what I, i'm trying to get at listen, I, I think that's that's up to the eagles to me no, you're the eagles owner right oh now. man I'm, now listen i'm making you play eagles owner listen, with that okay are you okay I, with fine I, I don't even know if deshaun jackson could have made the team this year without saying that i, I mean i you know I, question. I know you are jim i know you are listen i say i would cut ties with the man i really would i would just cut ties with him say right. you know have a good life all right. Before I pack to Matt, I'm not going to bring out the whole question, but yes, Pat, everything I I follow social media a lot for the reasons of the show. And I a lot of people I mean, I don't know where you were looking that you felt like the reaction to, to Sean Jackson was less. It wasn't. There were a lot of people on the Internet who said to cut to Sean Jackson or who were very upset. So it's where you're reading the stuff. Are you are you saying there would be a different reaction if there should have been a stronger reaction from the players? Well, maybe. But that's. As Mac had just reiterated, that's what social media is right now. There is a ton of race baiting going on because, for, you know, so you have to be careful what you read and what you say and what you take reaction to. And, you know, you see a video and you get upset and then you want to say something and then you realize, oh, wait a second, that video took place 10 years ago, but people are trying to make it look like it took place four days ago, you know, so you know, you got to be careful. So Matt, do you feel, I mean, Mac, Mac went on the record. Finally, I got it out of him. I squeezed really hard before he said he'd release him. What do you feel about the punishment? Are you okay with it? Or would you have cut ties with him? Which still might happen anyway. He should be cut. He should be cut. Let me tell you, Deshaun Jackson is 33 years old. This is not a young kid coming out of college. This is not some old tweet. You know, you're an educated 33-year-old grown man who has made mistakes in the past already in the league doing silly stuff, who's gotten in trouble, who's had issues with coaching staffs, so throwing the ball away before you score your touchdown type stuff. You know, he's done clownish stuff for a long time. You take a quote, you post it, you attribute it to the wrong person, Adolf Hitler. It wasn't even a Hitler quote to begin with, so now you look dumb. You, you elevate this. You, you show how naive you are. You show how narrow-minded and ignorant he was actually being on on this topic of anti-Semitism, and there's a and what people forget though is that Jeffrey Lurie, the Eagles' owner, remember the Riley Cooper situation when he was at the Kenny Chesney concert screaming derogatories out loud and got caught on camera, couple game suspension, sat for a half, came right back, played for the team, you know. So then he he realizes also that okay, I treated Riley Cooper in this way. If I turn around and cut Deshaun Jackson immediately for his for what he did, people are gonna light a fire under me because they're gonna say, "Oh, you treated this white guy like this, and you're treating this brother like this." 
you know, and you know what that's going to turn into because that's what everything is these days. So the Eagles just further inhibits and just further reinforces the fact that they're a trash organization and that they have trash ownership and that they're a trash city because they allow this kind of stuff to go on on a regular basis. You know what I'm saying? They allow their fans to, to say things in the stands and act a certain way on the streets and stuff like that at tailgates. They allow their players to act and say and do certain things just in the name of a 40 time or because they got good hands or they can break up in a defense. Yeah. So, yeah, you know what? Okay, you're good. You can stay. It's okay. We'll suspend you for a game or two. You got to go do some stuff. Now, in Deshaun Jackson's defense, he accepted the invitation from the World War II, the Holocaust survivor, to go to Auschwitz and tour the, tour the place. That's oh, that's good. Do these things. Matter of fact, son, take your paycheck and donate it to the museum and donate it to Holocaust survivors and donate it to, to Jewish community stuff in the neighborhood and things like that. That's what you need to do. That would be his best bet to save some face. Throw some cash at it. Get involved. Learn. Educate. And don't be so naive. And, and let's not let him off the hook. He's not getting off the hook easy. But just because they say, okay, we're suspending him, he's doing some things, that's not that's not an excuse. Because that's who you are at your core, really, at the end of the day, regardless of how you feel about things. If you feel like Jews are going to take over the world and, and Bill Gates wants to vaccinate you to depopulate, then what, that's, don't post it online. Keep it to yourself. Tell you a know? friend who's not Tell filming it. He's yeah. not doing it. Everyone I'm not here to say things like that. You're, the you order ahead, though. You made a good point. If they would have cut him, there would have been a lot of backlash because they didn't cut Riley Cooper. Mm, I mean, absolutely. He's kind of he's kind of his hands were tied, you know, he, right off the get right off the bat, because he let Riley Cooper, who by the way was like, with all due respect to Riley Cooper, was a nobody on the team. He didn't even last that much longer before he was cut. You know, you let him get away with something like that. You can't then just go and throw Deshaun under a bus, whether you like it or not. Don't, before you go blaming Deshaun, blame the owner. Because the owner put himself in that spot, as Matt had said, by letting Riley Cooper use the N-word a few years back and then be on the team right, ready to go. He should have never been back allowed in the league after right. that. So, I mean, you know, you kind of set a precedent that, hey, we give people a second chance. Now, there's every chance Deshaun Jackson might not be on this team on opening day. We don't know. They said conditionally. So they're going to keep an eye on him for the next few months and see how they feel and go from there. But, you know, right now everything is kind of like that's just what we're living in right now is everything is under a microscope. And if you're an athlete, the best thing you could do right now you know, if you're not out supporting a cause that you feel strong about or doing something like that, when you're not doing that, stay off of me, social media. <laughs> you know, don't you say know, unless you're supporting your cause, don't get wrapped up in everything else going on. You know what Herm Edwards always says, don't press send. <laughs> don't, don't press send. <laughs> I thought his line was the playoffs. No, he said don't. <laughs> Oh, right. no. No, that was that was Mara. That was we played to win the game. That was it. Oh, all right. No, who was the guy that said the playoffs? That Mara Mora. John, oh, John Mora. Yeah, the coach of the playoffs. Yeah. Another good guy with the press conference was was it Dennis Green? He had oh. a game, right. They are who we thought they were. <laughs> we let him off the hook. He's <laughs> <laughs> famous. You gotta love. It. I, I got to tell you what. Her, I miss Herm as a coach. He was, you know, 
He had passion. Stay with he coaches at Arizona. Yeah, Arizona. No, he's not the head coach. I mean, you know, yeah. not in yeah, the pros. I'm talking about. He's not a head coach in the pros. Nobody's oh, going no. to hear what he has to say in Arizona. Bring him well, back. Jets. He turned he turned yeah. Arizona around out there, guys. I mean, he's I Jets been good if you're a Jet fan, would you rather have Herm Edwards, who was pretty decent, or Adam Gase, who looks like he's tweaked out? I mean, come on. This is kind of what are we talking about? Bring back Herm. I would take Herm Edwards over Adam Gase. So would I. Any day. If I'm I would take Tommy the tuna over. Adam Gates, Bill Parcells. You guys are communists. Tell so you used to call, tell they used to tell the press, you guys are communists. What do you want? What do you, want from you guys are. Parcells got him closer than anybody in recent history. He got him to the championship game. What a coach he was. Didn't Rex Ryan get him to the championship game? Yeah, with Mark Sanchez. They went to four. Yeah, Rex Ryan went to back to back championships. Yeah, they went to four. Rex Ryan. That's true. That's true. Rex Ryan is not a terrible coach. You know, and the only thing I always respected about Rex Ryan. Is Rex Ryan talk trash? And I like that. He got up on the microphone and told you the other team sucks. Yeah, I like that. Why does every coach got to be all stuck up and proper? I no. wanted him when the Giants were looking for a defensive coordinator this past offseason. I'm like, why don't they bring in Rex Ryan, man? Let's <laughs> Rex would be out there cursing, yelling at people. Rex, I, like, I love it. Rex had, Rex had a good enough team to get, you know, he almost took him to the Super Bowl. Uh, not with Sanchez, man. He got today a title game. He's right there. Uh, listen, listen. Even with the Bills, he did a decent job with the Bills too. I mean, he did a he did a good job. It's the system. Say what you want about Sanchez, but he wasn't he wasn't a bum. Sanchez is better no. than oh first round pick Todd Marinovich or Ryan Leaf. These guys had Lavernius Cole, Santana Moss. Man, they had a squad up there running the ball. They, Curtis Martin was there at the end of Herm's uh, tenure. Was still there, wasn't he? Or no? Did he? Wayne Corbett. Wayne Corbett's brain had bounced off his skull so many times by then. I don't even yeah. remember if he remembers. If he I've met there. Wayne Corbett a few times in New Jersey, he lives in New Jersey in Colts Neck, and that's very that dude had like fifty concussions. He is a really good player, though. He yeah, probably Wayne doesn't remember you with all those concussions, Jim. He probably well, no, I mean, I don't even think when we've met, I even gave him my name. I'm just yeah. saying that I've you guys remember that catch against Denver in the playoffs? He caught the ball and like basically landed on his head, knocked himself out. Yeah, it was a great catch, though. He caught the ball and held on to the ball. He put it all out there. Let's yeah, just he, did. he laid it all on the line. That I was great. I love that guy. Back to Ryan for a second. He he's a great defensive coordinator. I don't know about a head coach, but he's a good defensive coordinator. Yeah. He was. And his brother, I don't even is his brother still in the league. Rob Ryan. Wasn't he, with, wasn't he with the Saints last? I'm trying to yeah, remember. He, up a lot he of was them. with Cleveland last, actually. Yeah. You know, I don't know if he's some people are just made to be, you know, a better coordinates. I mean, look at uh look at Spags. I mean, won Super Bowls with the Giants, never had success with the head coach uh, coaching, goes to Kansas City. They his did the defense improves, they win a Super Bowl. And not right. Deep, say what you want. I mean, yeah, we give it all to Mahomes and the offense, but Kansas City's defense was much improved too. Some people are just better suited to focus on one area of the team than have to deal with all the people. Don't understand how much a head coach not only has to deal with all the players, but all the red tape and the paperwork and every decision coming through to that team that's not on a GM level. The head coach needs to deal with like, oh, coach, do you want us to bring? This might sound stupid, but this is true. I mean, I've read this in books before. You know, like if they'll come up to a coach, something mundane that you and I would think is no big deal. Coach, how many we're thinking about bringing? Should we bring how many cases of Gatorade, this and that? These are all co on the coach's desk. Something so stupid that a defensive coordinator doesn't have to spend any time with. You know, he has to focus on 
his unit. So anyway, um, go ahead. I'm mm-hmm. excited to see what like Jason Garrett can do in with the Giants, for instance, coming down from being the head coach back to offense coordinator. Because when he was the OC in Dallas, they didn't really have no issues. Yeah, except Tony Romo, but. Mm-hmm. Romo was a good quarterback. Romo had a good career. Yeah, I like Tony Romo. Romo Romo had Dak Prescott syndrome. Can't win the big game. Yeah. Romo had a really good career. Just couldn't win the big game. I mean, if if you think about it, the year Seattle Seahawks went to the Super Bowl and Romo on the field holding that kick and dropped that kick, they they had the game won. And he picked the ball up and ran. He almost scored. I mean, you know, know, look, sometimes luck is a – Bigger part of the game than we realized. He was a playmaker. Hey, Romo was a little low key. He was a playmaker, man. Like, I, I it feels weird saying that because I'm a Giants fan. But he <laughs> take away with what he was. But now we get to a good part of our second half of our show. Is as I mentioned earlier, and I've put on Facebook, is that starting today for the next eight weeks, we are going to do a. We have all three of us have put together our list of how we rank the NFL teams going into the season, 1 to 32. And then we averaged them out to get one list, the Big Guy Sports Network list, we'll call it. And starting today, over the next eight weeks, we're going to start at 32, and we're going to do a nice breakdown of each team, not just to tell you who it is and move on. We're going to do a breakdown of each team. We're going to do four a week, and that's going to take us over the next eight weeks, which will just about – we should, if my calculations are correct, we should end right on opening week of football or the week before doing sport. So it goes right into the start of the season. Hopefully everybody plays on time. So we put together our list. We're going to break it down, talk about additions, subtractions, where they were last season. Now these guys, these two gave me their list and then I took my list and I put the names together. They don't know where anyone finished. They don't know. The only thing I could tell you for sure, maybe I sent them the four today. I don't remember. I'm getting old. I can't I barely remember what I had for lunch yesterday. <laughs> anyway. You didn't you didn't give us the final list. The only thing I could tell you is this. The bottom eight teams, we all were in the same range. We all were kind of maybe, you know, maybe not in the same spot, but the same we had the same teams. And the top six teams. We had the same, like roughly in the same area. But the middle 18 teams, we were all over each place. Now, I'm not going to tell you who had stuff where, but I will tell you that one guy had a team on his list that was seven, and I had 18, and someone else had 14. I mean, in the middle 14, it was all over the place. (laughs) So we obviously had a lot of differences on who we feel is in middle America on these lists because I'm going to go. Some of them I looked at and I was like, I put this team 17 and I'm trying to do the average. I'm like six. Like, <laughs> what am I looking at here? Well, what, what am I? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm off. You know, I'm like, Whoa. So here we go. So we're going to do a nice segment on each team and I'm going to reveal it. So we're going to start with a little art I put together. Number 32. Who did we have for number 32? Did the fans have a guess? Did anybody want to type in what we, thought we had for 32 before? Who's the worst? Who Who's the worst? Worst team in football. Yes, sir. Who do you guys think is the worst team? So we got a couple seconds if you want to throw some Can names. Can I take my guess? No, because you know. But I want to see what they have to say. If they don't post anything in a couple seconds, I will pop up the graphic. Who do we put Send number it. 32? 
Send it. Hordy, you got 32. All right, I'm going to bring it up because I don't have an answer. Hey. The social hey. media is a little behind on being fast. So, number 32 is... Dun, 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 dun. Let, me dun, dun. Let me move the banner. There you go. The Washington Redskins, number 32. Just yes. the Jaguars, Al said the Bengals. So we got the Washington Redskins at number 32. I got you a nice little picture of Ron Rivera there, just to add a little uh little slice to it. Let's bring up the let's bring up the big guy sports Washington Redskins team profile. Bam. There we go. <clears throat> so you don't have to look at us for a little while. So they went three and thirteen in 2019. They were 0-6 in the NFC East. The offensive rank was 29. The defensive rank was 22. So they weren't really good on any side of the ball. You take a look, you could see the veteran additions, the early draft picks, and the offseason losses. Some of the key additions, which we're going to talk about in a minute. They picked up Kyle Allen, which is interesting to keep an eye on, and we'll talk about in a minute because he was starting for Ron Rivera last year. And Ron Rivera has publicly said that he's not sold on Dwayne Haskins. Uh, they picked up Peyton Barber, J.D. McKissick, uh, Cody Latimer, who didn't do much for the Giants, so it's okay. A couple other names, Ronald Darby, Thomas Davis. They drafted Chase Young in the first round. Everybody knows about that. All the Giants had to do was lose that game, and they would have got him. But who knows? We got a lineman anyway. Uh, key losses, they lost Paul Richardson. A uh, nice veteran uh, wide receiver, Jordan Reed, who I think was kind of on the downswing. Trent Williams, who didn't want to be there. I forgot where the, he went. Josh Norman left. Quentin Dunbar is probably going to get arrested anyway. And Eric Flowers did not stick with Washington. And I don't really think anybody cares that they lost Case Keenum. So let's start with Maddie Ice. Maddie, the Washington Redskins, number 32 on our list. And tell me before I give it to Mac, give me a little breakdown on why the Redskins were so far down the list for you. You're looking at a bad team, Jim, that didn't do anything to get better. All right. They've got a good defense. Sure. All right. A good front seven, we'll say. Their secondary is not that good. The fact of the matter is you're looking at a team coming out of 2019 that completed 29% of their third down attempts. Someone told me today, said, oh, yeah, well, the Redskins completed 48% of their red zone attempts. 48%? That's crazy. But they only had 41 red zone attempts. <laughs> say how often did they get Okay. <laughs> they had 41 attempts. They completed 20. They, they had 28, 20% or 20 red zone touchdowns. All right. The Redskins are a bad team. They didn't do anything to get better. Dwayne Haskins, had, he has no faith from the organization. He has faith from Dan Snyder. Can I call them the Redskins? I need to call them, sorry, the Washington football team. Could be the Warriors. Soon. Yeah, it could be whoever, the Red Tails. I don't know, the Washington football team. Mm -hmm. Case Keenum led them with in-air passing yards, 907 yards in the air, in the air passing. That's a little micro stat there. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be any good. They're going to be the worst team in the league again. They're going to have 20 people trying to run the ball. Unless Darius Guys comes back healthy, I have no faith in the Redskins. Mac, why did Washington fall so low for you? Same question. Uh, I mean, I love their coach. I just think that they're so far down right now. It's going to take him a couple to, to three years to bring it back up to a, a competitive level. I mean, listen, there's no – when you go out and get a quarterback like they did with Haskins, which I thought was a wasted, a 
a wasted pick for them. Um, you put all your eggs in one bas basket of a guy who only played one year, really started in college. He has a great, great arm, but as you saw, he can't really <laughs> put it together on the pro level. Where did they throw him in? But uh, and with no no real help, their offensive line is is terrible. Uh, their running back situation is there's nothing that I can see of any real any star that will come up and and maybe uh, you know be able to kind of offset their offensive line and maybe break some big ones or make some moves. Their their receivers are average. Uh, their defensive line their defensive line is is to me is very very good. Added Chase Young there helped them, but again. If you're drafting somewhere where you're already good, I didn't understand that draft pick either. Even though he's he might he might he might be a, a a player of the generations, but man, you know you needed help on offense. You needed help in a defensive uh, backfield. I mean, uh, I understand you want a big name and 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 maybe it will help help out your pass rush. But man, I mean, they have so many holes. Uh, I think Allen's going to be their starting quarterback this year. That's why he brought him over. Um, and and that will help out maybe some kind of uh, give them some kind of continuity on offense maybe um, I think they're going to get a heck of a quarterback next year is what I think I think the Clemson quarterback is going to be the first round uh, draft pick of the Washington Redskins next year um, I I don't like Snyder I don't think Snyder uh, knows how to run that organization he's gotten rid of every good head coach he's ever had I don't even know Rivera last three years I mean. You know, and I'll still call him the Redskins. You know, I can find Rivera to shortchange him. He's going to get it. I, I hope not, but I mean, he brought back Gibbs, who won three Super Bowls for him, and Gibbs got him a winning record, and he got rid of him. I, I really believe Snyder is a difficult, very difficult person to work for, and I think Rivera's got a strong will. So we'll see what happens there. But I, I, I really, I really believe that this organization at the top is not good, and that reflects a lot on the field. Do you know yeah. who their inside linebackers coach is? Jesse Arms. I don't know. I'm guessing. Rob Ryan. We Rob, were just talking okay. about him. That's the Redskins inside linebacker coach. Let me give my feedback on the Redskins because I want to give somebody something to be hopeful about if anybody out there is listening who actually cares about the Redskins. First of all, I agree with what you said, Matt. Mac, um, I believe Kyle Allen was brought in to eventually take over the job. And I think Dwayne Haskins is going to have to really perform right out the gate. I think if they're six or seven games in and they're two and five and Haskins stats are terrible, Kyle Allen is going to take over the job. But where I disagree with you though, is I've seen enough from Kyle Allen last year with Carolina that I believe Kyle, Kyle Allen can be a starting quarterback in this league. So yeah. there I'm going to go against that and say the Redskins will not use their first round pick on a quarterback that they uh, have a quarterback. I like oh, that. Listen, no, listen, everybody always wants to jump and just say, oh, there's a great quarterback coming out of college, so we got to go get him. Well, Ryan yep. Lee was a great quarterback coming out of college. How did that work out? So it's no guarantee. In fact, half of the quarterbacks that could get drafted in the first round don't even make it. So, you know, it's no guarantee. Look at uh, what's-his-face, the guy at Denver that got drafted in the first round a few Drock. years. Um, no, no, the guy a few years before him, uh, Lynch, Peyton Lynch. Or yeah. Paxton Lynch. Paxton Lynch. He's not even in the league anymore. So there's no guarantee Kyle Allen is the goods. He went to the Jets for a little while. Right. So I'm just saying that I have faith that Kyle Allen is young. He played well in Carolina. I'm allowed to feel this way. You can look at the ceiling all you want because I know <laughs> in your mind, you're like the fans. It's flashy to go get the Clemson guy. Why? 
He's a, he's a, he's one of the he's only lost one game, Jim. He's one of the best college he's one of the best college quarterbacks there is in the last four years. I mean, I I, I totally different. I'm not saying Lawrence. I'm not saying he's not good. How would you pass that up? Hold on a second. You're saying because what if you have a quarterback? It's a waste of a pick. If you have Daniel Jones, let's say, right? You have Daniel Jones. Let's say he goes out and has another good year like he did last year, but things don't fall right for the Giants, and they throw, they finish 2-14, and 14, and you get the first pick in the draft. You're drafting the Clemson quarterback because he's that good? No. Because Apple, Apple good. and oranges. No, it's that's not. Apples Kyle Allen is a good quarterback. Kyle that's can play. That's apples and oranges. You just got you went out and got Daniel Jones with your sixth pick in the first round. He had a good year. He's got promise. Allen is a good quarterback. I'm not taking nothing away from him. He ain't no Trevor Lawrence, my friend. He ain't I didn't even call Trevor I Lawrence. No, you don't know. You don't know. Oh, what I, oh, I, I, I would think so. Trevor Lawrence is until he comes and plays. Yeah. Think about it this way: If Kyle Allen takes over Dwayne Haskins' job this year, right? Let's just say that we're both guaranteed. Right. Guaranteed. guaranteed. Okay. Guaranteed. When what pick was Dwayne Haskins taking with? Nine, eleven in the first round? Something like that. Something Somewhere there, right? So he was that means he's a bust. Yeah. So, so how do you know? You don't know. Well, totally because Haskins, Haskins only started one year, Jim. Lawrence has been starting for almost every year he's played. And he's played against Ohio State. He's playing against Alabama. He's not playing at, in, in the championships. I mean, this is what this guy is doing. at Ohio State. He played big time competition. One year, dude. One year. You want to just annoy anybody who comes in the league to be a guaranteed star? Fine. Go right ahead. I'm telling you for my prediction, write it down, put it in a book. I'll bet it in Vegas. Kyle Allen is the Redskins' future quarterback. The kid's got the goods. He's got the NFL tools. That would be a waste of a pick. But I'm going to give give some more positives to the Redskins before we move to 31. If you want something to get excited about, Redskins fans, because there's not a lot. I mean, Matt and Matt kind of hit it on the head. It's going to be a long season. But I'm going to give you something to be positive about because every team needs that. Give me something. You have a monster defensive line. I'm giving you something. You got Young. Who's the other guy that they drafted last year? His name escapes me. Maddie, I know you know. Who's the other defensive end on the Redskins? Ah. After, after Chase Young? They just drafted him last year. He's a beast. The, oh, oh uh, Montez Sweat. Montez Sweat. Yes, they got Sweat. They got and Young. The and Washington, Kerrigan. And the Kerrigan. Washington, Washington Redskins, they might not win a lot. But they're going to hit a lot of quarterbacks this year. So if you're a Redskins fan, you got to be excited. Didn't they grab Josh Allen too? I they might have. I don't know about that. I don't see him under the veterans additions. So I'm going to say no. no. I'm talking about the linebacker. So you want something to be excited about? The Redskins have a very strong defensive line. If if Young turns out. You could arguably say the Redskins have one of the best defensive lines in football, starting wise. They do. They yeah. do. They have one of the best. They have one of the best front sevens. Period. Not there just you go. Defensive line, but that whole front seven is going to be monstrous. <laughs> Doug, Doug is back. He says, "Screw the list. The Giants are 30. <laughs> well, that would be thirty-two. They might be thirty, Doug. They might be thirty, but we're only at thirty-two. We put the Redskins at thirty-two. So you know. Cologne doesn't like Daniel Jones. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna cuss his ass out today. No, I'm not gonna tell him all the Daniel Jones stuff. Years, so yeah. you know, I know right now that Kevin is just speaking out of disdain for the Giants because he's a Cowboys fan. He doesn't really. If he doesn't really mean that, because if he did, that means he doesn't look at the stats. So we're not if, gonna. You know, if he knew 
attention. If you know how high I had Dallas on my personal list that I turned in to get the aggregate that we came up with, yeah. he wouldn't he wouldn't talk trash like that. You know, he would be like, you know what, Matt, you're a good dude. So we have your <laughs> predictions. The Redskins, we're gonna move on to team number 31, but just to close out the Redskins, Mac has him finishing last and getting Lawrence from Clemson. Uh, Matty Ice, I pretty much has him finishing last again. And I told you that even though they're going to stink, you found your future quarterback, and it's Kyle Allen. So there you go. So we all have our opinion on the Reds. So now we're up to 31. So we're up to right at the good mark we're supposed to be at. Who do you think came in at 31, people? Who do you think? I got Kevin and Doug are just going to say the Giants. So we're that. I can tell you. That. <laughs> I can honestly tell you. I'm not going to give away the future of the list because we're only doing four teams a week. Right. Nobody, nobody fanboyed the Giants. They didn't come in the top 12, believe me. So um, who do you think came in at 31? So you guys already know. So I got to look at who I put on 31. So I hit the right graphic <laughs> at the 31 pick. The big Justin guy sports network selected. Bang. Oh, got it. Justin nailed it. The Cincinnati Bengals with Joe Burrow, because that might be all they have is Joe Burrow. So let's do, they have. let's do a quick team profile. Bam. You like how I got the Bengals colors in there too? All right. So they went 2-14 and 14 last year. They were 0-8 on the road, so they cannot win on the road. Their offense ranked 27th. Their defense ranked 30th, so pretty bad. Some key additions in the offseason – uh, Mike Thomas, uh, Von Bell, to name a few. Josh Bynes, uh, you know, early draft picks. They took Burroughs. They got a wide receiver to finally help A.J. Green out and T. Higgins. Uh, they picked up, a, and then they went all defense the rest of the draft. In the offseason, they lost Dalton. Not a huge deal. I think they'll miss Tyler Eifert. I don't know where yeah. he went. Um, he's a big loss. They lost Drake Kirkpatrick. Just say what you want. Solid quarterback. Cornerback. I mean, right now with the Baker situation, I'm mm -hmm. sure the Giants would take a Kirkpatrick if they could. And, you know, some key additions. So we started last time with Matt. So this time I'll start with Mac. So the Cincinnati Bengals, basically, they got the quarterback now. They got another wide receiver, but they still have a lot of holes. So, what do you, where you, why you have the Bengals so low? I have to imagine a large part of it is it's going to take a few years from them, uh, you know, for them to get uh, the team where they wanted to get. Yeah, I mean, I mean, their offensive line is is hit. I mean, he's going to be running for his life a lot out there. He'll be scrambling a lot, trying to make some plays. I think that they will they will do okay on offense. They may rank twenty sixth this year, maybe. I mean, listen, we all know the line is is important and. And as, as you stated, uh, you know, the, the big first-round draft choices normally end up on bad teams. That's the way it works. And, and it's not really going to be, you know, it's not going to be Burl's fault. He's going to go in there and do the best he can. He's still got to learn. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what league you are in college football. It's still a major adjustment going from college to, to the pros. They're just so much better. They're so much smarter. Uh, they're professionals. And uh, – I, I don't I don't really know um, how their defense. They lost a lot of defensive players. Their defense wasn't that good anyway to begin with. Um, I really I feel I don't feel bad for Burroughs, but man, he's got his work cut out for him just just to win a couple games this year. I, I think they're. I mean, 
I, I looked to Jim and Matt. I looked at the, not only the teams in general when I made these picks, but I looked at the divisions a little bit. I mean, they, you know, they're going to be playing Cleveland. They're going to be playing Pittsburgh. They're going to be playing Baltimore. I mean, those are three solid teams. All three of those teams could go to the playoffs. Sounds I mean, like I all the picks to me. <laughs> I, I, I mean, wow. I mean, I mean, it's going to be a really – they're going to play those teams twice. So it's going to be a real rough go for the Bengals. You're talking three of, of maybe the best defenses in the league with Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Cleveland with the talent. So they're in for a rough year this year. Matt, do you sold that uh, – are you sold like I am that that eventually when he gets the team around him, Burroughs is an NFL-style quarterback? Uh, yeah, he definitely can be, especially considering the system he came from down at LSU. You remember their offensive coordinator came from New Orleans, the Saints, you know, and he put he implemented that style of offense at LSU when they were primarily a running team for the last decade and a half. Uh, when you thought about LSU, you didn't think about passing big time offense. You thought about a solid running game and really good wide receivers. Joe Burrow came in there and really changed the game up with uh, – I forget the offensive coordinator's name. He went and got a nice little cushy job back in the NFL after last year. Uh, Joe or Jeff something, I can't remember. I don't think anybody had a better draft than Cincinnati, though, because they got Joe Burrow with the number one pick, and then they went down in the second round and ended up with T. Higgins That's a good out, pick. out of Clemson in the 30, with the 33rd overall pick. That's a great – I mean – Boy, you talk about having to replace A.J. Green. If there's a guy that could do it, it's T. Higgins. Then you go into the third and fourth round. They end up with Logan Wilson, a linebacker out of Wyoming, who a lot of people thought could have went late in the first round or even early in the second round. And then they went in the fourth round and picked up Akeem Gaither-Davis out of Appalachian State, who was a real sleeper pick for a lot of people who was considered one of the top linebackers in the draft. So they did a lot to kind of bump that defense up and, and reinforce it. You've got John Ross, Tyler Boyd on offense still to add to T. Higgins, Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard running the ball. Tyler Eifert's gone to Jacksonville now, so – Poor Tyler from one bad situation. Uh, yeah, he went from one bad situation to another. Um, and, uh, you know, they're going to miss him, but they have T uh, Uzoma. They got some pass catchers. And I think they're going to be okay. I think they're going to be all right. They did a good job with draft, excellent draft. Top three, I think, out of all 32 NFL teams, top three draft. Really bad team last year. The whole man, they were bad. Holy crap. They beat the Jets and the Browns last year, and they they won one game in week 13 and one game in week 17. You Ooh. know, but at, at no point was it pretty. Poor, you know, at no point was it pretty. Poor Adam Gaze. I'm with you on this one. I think, well, both of you really, I think that Joe Burrows has all the tools to be a good quarterback. I'm not sure how much of it you're going to see the first year or two while he is running for his life by an offensive line. They're probably going to hand off a ton. Because even though be just to, even though the running game's not going to look great at times because of the line, you're still rather hand it off than get your quarterback killed. I mean, you know, if you're not going to make yeah. any plays, you but might. Jim, let's keep in mind too that he didn't. Their line wasn't like all that at LSU. They were good, but they weren't great yeah. when it came to pass oh, coverage. They were great run blockers. Yeah, they had superstars though all over the field. But I they love. Did. I think he's the prototypical size, the height. He's got the arm strength. He's got all the tools. Um, you know, he's going to be a good one. I think with Cincinnati, though, just like Washington, you're looking at take the lumps this year again. Get get yourself a strong draft next year. And, they, you know, they had a strong draft. Like Matt hit on it. You needed somebody, a wide receiver, not only for the future, but because A.J. Green never stays healthy. I mean, he's hurt all the time. 
you know, right. So he's always out and you needed Higgins could step in there and make it to where it's less of a, you know, you're missing him less because every time AJ green goes out, it's almost like they fell apart. You know, there was no one to give the ball to anymore. Um, So, you know, he's a big pickup, you know, they're going to have another bad record. Absolutely. I mean, you just hit on it. They're not going to be Cleveland. They're not going to be Pittsburgh. They're not. Those are six losses right there. Unless they have a lucky game. Those are six. They're all in six right there. And you didn't even look at the rest of their schedule. You know, and I'm guessing, I'm pretty certain the Bengals play the NFC East. So they're playing the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Giants, and in the, 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 the bowl for the first pick in the draft, the Redskins. So, you know, we have that going on. So they're done. I mean, I'm pretty almost certain they're playing the East since the Giants are playing the Steelers. And usually if you play one team in the division, you play yeah. them. So, you know, the Bengals right there. You could argue that the six games in the division and the Giants, Cowboys, and Eagles all beat them. You're looking at nine losses, and we haven't even broke down. We haven't yeah. even broke down the schedule, which we'll do later as we get closer to football season when we start doing our weekly pick 'em contest and stuff. But you're looking at nine losses. But Burrow's got potential. I don't know. I always look at Cincinnati as just the franchise that. You know, you look, you always look at, I always look at like, who's the will ponds of other leagues. And with the Bengals, it's the Browns, the, the Browns the owners. Yeah. The Browns, the, yeah. They just never seem to want to win. They just, they, they get, they take their draft picks. They never put talent around them. They play not for, for five or six years yeah, and then not for they years. let them go. Yeah. Not for years. Not since Boomer Esiason. I mean, have yeah. they, you know what I mean? I mean, I've heard stories too, Jim, where the locker room is, is inadequate uh, I, I mean, I've heard a lot of stories coming out of out of Cincinnati where it's just not a great place to play. So, uh, and they haven't had a winner in a long time, so you don't got the enthusiasm around the team anymore. No, and he doesn't put the. He, you're right. He doesn't put the money aside from like like. Do you ever see the movie Moneyball? With Brad Pitt about the Oakland A's. You remember the scene? Like this is what I think about when I hear stories about the Bengals and how, you know, and how he because you've heard stories that he doesn't put any money into the team. He doesn't upgrade the training rooms. He doesn't upgrade the locker room. I think Moneyball when I think the Bengals. Like the scene in Moneyball where the guys, they're in Oakland, and the guys go out and find out that they have to pay for, like the guy playing David Justice is like, I have to pay for a soda in the locker room? I got to pay? I feel like that's the Bengals. Like, like, you know, you get in the locker room after the game, and A.J. Green's like, man, I got this cut. And the guy comes up to him, the trainer, and the trainer says seven dollars for the band-aid. <laughs> I was just playing for you. What do you mean seven dollars? I mean, that's just how the fact the fact that the Bengals finished 31st on our list must mean that we think the Bengals are gonna beat the Redskins when they play. Uh, it's. I mean. I mean, yeah, I, it, it'll be a close game. I think well, I think <laughs> about Burrow's running from his life. Kerrigan, yeah. Montez, Sweat, and Chase Young, yes, all three burrows around. He's running. He's gonna be running just straight backwards. Like, get <laughs> out of here. The great thing is, their defensive secondary won't be able to cover anybody, so he'll hook up a couple. Of <laughs> that's true. That's true. So he's got that going. For, especially with say what you want about Josh Morgan, but Josh Morgan still had some talent, and he's gone. I don't even know where Josh Morgan went. Someone's maybe someone could look up. Look that up for me. But um, so we got Cincinnati coming in. It's going to be a rough road for them, but they have potential. If they just the problem is with the Browns owning that team is that they're not going to get good unless they hit on all their draft picks for the next few years. Because he doesn't seem that worried about 
going at like when's the last time you heard a big time free agent come on the market and the Bengals were in play for him not because teams didn't want to go to Cincy because he doesn't want to spend that money he doesn't want to go up against the cap I mean even look at a team like the Dolphins at least they went out and threw all that money at Byron Jones do you ever hear the Bengals name in there the Bengals have no interest in spending money they just basically want to draft and hope they win but by the time you get three or four years worth of draft picks in there and you can win, the guys you drafted four years ago are leaving. Mm -hmm. Now you got a team around them, but Joe Burrows needs to be paid, and you're not going to pay him, and he winds up somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely a revolving door there. I mean, at one time, I'm telling you, the Bengals were thought of to have the most talent in the league by some some experts and commentators. But, uh, yeah, I I mean, I've heard some horror stories about that just just from – just from reading articles and the ex-players and players that went there on other teams that they're just, their facilities aren't up to date and there's no, there is no uh, um, continuity there at all. So, I mean, I, I, I kind of feel bad for Burroughs in a way, because I think if he was on just a mid-level team, uh, they, he could, he could have some instant success. Yeah. Well, I mean, he wouldn't have went number one though. I mean, if you know, it was a team that didn't need a quarterback. I mean, you look at this Bengals chart, I mean, look at the veteran additions. None of those names are like, wow, they picked up the top four or five guy on that position in the league. None of those yeah. names. And even A.J. Green is like, yeah, I don't even know if I'm going to sign a long-term deal before the season starts. So, honestly, I wouldn't even sign at this point. He's he's not even that old, per se, but he's had so many injuries, can't stay healthy. You know, thing about Cincinnati, I think, is going to be Zach Taylor needs to really come in and prove that last year was kind of fluky. And they need to they 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 got to they spend all this money in free agency. They spent a lot of money on those guys, despite the fact that there's no really big but names or anything problem, like that. Right? I mean, they spent a lot of money on names, and none of them blow you away. Exactly. So uh, I believe Higgins is going to come in. You know, Gaither Davis, uh, Rennell Wren, Andrew Brown on the defensive line. I think they'll be okay. Um, their offensive line. With, uh, I think, Jordan and Price on one side. You got John Ross catching passes still. They have potential. If this was a list based on potential, this they would be top 10, you know? But it's not a list based on potential. It's a list based on what you got now, what you did last year, and it wasn't that good. And it's probably not going to be good again this year. All right. So, so far, we had Washington at 32. We had the Bengals at 31. I don't think there's any surprise so far. I mean, you could have flip-flopped them. Either way. So who you think we got at 30? I know why you guys tell me. Next week, I'll be able to ask you this and have you guys actually guess because I'm not going to tell you the four up front. But who you got, I'm going to make you, you know, guess it. Get to see your research. So Maddie will have it. Maddie's like, he's got his research down. That's why they call Maddie. So who without even knowing? So who is, uh, Justin says the Lions. Let's see who came in at number 30. At number 30, we have... The Jacksonville Jaguars. Leonard Fournette, the only guy left in Jacksonville. Mm. And, he, and he's not happy. No, of course he's not happy. He's on a crap team and he's all by himself. Why would he be happy? It's, he's, he's alone on an island. He's like the yep. on the Survivor show and he's the last one there. And he's not getting any money. So, you know, Leonard Fournette, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let me do their breakdown real fast and show you what we got. Not bad last year. I mean, not bad as far as like they went six and ten. They were equal three and five home and away. So they were equal. They tied an offense 29th rank, defense 25th rank. Um, 
veteran additions this year. They added Mike Glennon. I don't know why the hell everyone keeps adding Mike Glennon to their team. Uh, Chris Thompson, Tyler Eifert, as you mentioned, uh, Al Woods. They have they brought in Rashawn Melvin. Uh, they drafted C.J. Henderson. They went defense, defense, defense a lot. They shut C.J. Henderson, Devon Chasen. They got uh, another defender in Devon Hamilton. They brought in Josiah Scott. They brought in Shaquille Quarterman. They drafted a lot of defense because, you know, and then losses, they lost Nick Foles. But that was no surprise because once you committed to Minshew, there's no reason to pay Foles because Foles was making a lot of money. Uh, they lost Marquise Lee, who never really lived up to his potential anyway. And they lost A.J. Bowie, um, the cornerback, and Calais Campbell. So they lost a lot on defense, though. Calais Campbell's going to be missed. Uh, AJ Bowie's going to be missed. Spence is going to be missed. They lost a lot on defense. The cold, like I said, the Foles thing, not a big deal because they were they were committing to Minshew anyway. So that's not a loss. That's who they were going to commit to. Marquise Lee, eh, who cares? They drafted a lot of defense. So if you look at Jacksonville going in this year, now we'll go down to Matt first. Um, you look at Jacksonville, you know, this is a team that personally puzzles my mind because – Two, three years ago, we looked at this team and said they had the best defense in the league mm -hmm. with Rams. And then somehow, not from people losing their talent, all the personalities started to clash with the coach, who's still there, by the way. Mm -hmm. And the team just blew up. They were about to go on a run for a few years, and it just blew up. And now they have to rebuild the whole thing. You saw it. They took five defensive guys out of yeah. seven picks, and they got a. They rebound. had no choice. They had no choice because if you look at the fact of the matter is that Calais Campbell was your best player on defense. AJ Boye was your second best player on defense after Ramsey left. You had two lockdown corners on the outside there. Now they're both gone. Granted, Boye took a year or two to develop into himself, but he really came along. And that's that's a lockdown corner. I love that guy. That defense is so stacked up still, though, with Miles Jacks, Tim Hernan, Donald Payne, Yannick Ngakwe, all these guys. Uh, I just don't know if Jacksonville has the tools. that they, I didn't draft well, per se. They drafted a lot of defense, yes, with Henderson out of Florida being a decent cornerback. He's not a guy that's going to come in there and, like, he's very handsy. He's going to have an issue getting used to the coverages and how they call pass interference in the league. Uh, look. Kalevon Chason out of US, uh, LSU, the linebacker, won the national title last year with LSU. is coming in. He's going to help the defense. He's not going to replace a Calais Campbell or on the outside or a Ngakwe if he moves on or anything like that. But it's a nice pickup. It's a really good pickup. After the second round, their draft was garbage. They didn't really pick anybody else that's going to help them this year or in the foreseeable future. They picked up a bunch of projects, which – is kind of typical of a Tom Coughlin and his crew, if you think about it, when they were when he was around. And um, they just kind of carried that over, you know. But you lose Nick Foles to Chicago. You lose Marquise Lee, I believe, to, I want to say, where did he go, Dallas? Where did he go? I don't go? think it was Dallas, wasn't no, it? No, it wasn't Dallas. Let's see where so, he went. Marquise Lee went you know, to New England. Okay. Oh, that's not bad. That's nice right there for Cam. <laughs> He's like, um, but he had a, that's a good pickup. He only had three receptions, 18 yards last year. Yeah. 
On defense, adding Joe Schobert is nice. It's a nice fill-in, nice replacement. Cassius Marsh is pretty good, the ones you listed up there. Those are two really good players. Been solid in the league for a while. Overall, though, you're looking at a team that's, you know, coming off a rough year, passing-wise, running the ball was not good. Leonard Fournette was banged up all year long. They completed 34% of their third-down completions. It wasn't a very good year. 26 and 23 offense and defense. And I don't see much of a turnaround for them in the, in, yeah. Yeah, in the AFC South. Being with uh, Houston and being with Indy, I don't know that they stand much of a chance to – or Tennessee, for that matter. Tennessee, I believe, is going to win Tennessee's that division. Favorite, probably. Yeah, yeah Tennessee's going to win that division. And um, I don't think they stand much of a chance to even make a wild card, Jacksonville. Let me ask you, Mac, two questions. The first one being – I have two, so let me get you, I'll let you answer the first one first. Should the Jaguars – while he's got value, just trade Fournette. I mean, that's that's. I don't know. I mean, I would. I I don't know. I don't know if it's the offensive line. I don't know if it's. Listen, he's a great, great running back. I think. I think for the situation he was put himself that he's been in. He's he's he was a great college running back. He still can carry the load for the Jaguars. So would I get rid of him? It, it all depends on the deal, Jim. I mean, it all depends. He's been he's been complaining about being in Jacksonville, and I'll get to that after the second question of why. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you can get good a good deal back for him, why not? All right, my second question is because you talk about Lawrence, because Jacksonville, in my opinion, might be in play for would no, probably will be in play for a top five pick, but I don't know if they're going to be in play for one or two because they still have some defenders like Miles Jack and some other guys that are going to help steal some games. They're going to win yeah. some games they shouldn't win because of the even. But here's my second question. Do you have faith in Garden Minshew, Gardner Minshew, that he's the future quarterback there long term? I, th- I think he needs another year to prove it. I mean, I mean, last year he was kind of a surprise. They made fun of his, his mustache and all that stuff. But I mean, I think he needs another good another good year to 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 see what he can do behind uh, the Jags offense. And again, the Jags offense is not that good. So what he did was pretty remarkable last year. So I would give him another year look. Um, like you said, the other play for Lawrence. I think that the, uh, the I really think that uh, um, that. If Minshew has a decent year, I would still go for Lawrence again. I, I mean, that's to me. Well, is the, they're not going to have the number one pick. They're not the worst. Yeah. Team the well, they, they may be able to trade up. Who knows what happens there? But my concern with 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 the Jags is, and and I hate to say because he's one of my favorite coaches of all time was was Tom Coughlin. I mean, he's gone. He, he I know, and that, and that was the biggest problem the Jags had. Coughlin was an outstanding head coach, very disciplinarian. He was great with the Giants as a coach, had problems in the beginning, started to really relate to the players, and that's when they started winning. And I really think that when he went over to Jacksonville, who he coached too and did a great job with him, um, when he went there as a GM, I think the head coach was always looking over his shoulder. I know Coughlin was on the field all the time. He Super never left. Involved. Yeah, he never left that coaching stuff behind him. And it's really hard for a person who was a micromanager, which Tom Coughlin is, to have somebody work underneath him and not think that this guy is doing his best job. So the head coach now we had to prove to the players that he was a good coach. Yeah, he think he had to prove every day to Tom Coughlin he was a good head coach. Right. It's very, very intimidating. I mean, can you imagine, you know, Vince Lombardi or or, 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 or Mike Dicka or somebody like that being your GM and have to report yeah. to this guy? I mean, so I really believe it was uh, – and, and I, I feel bad because Coughlin I really respect as a coach, but he sure wasn't meant to be the GM of the Jaguars. 
No, and you touched on a good point there. And for my feedback on the Jags, I'm surprised Doug Marone has survived this. Yeah. Like, I'm surprised, honestly, that once Coughlin left, that Doug Marone is still there. He hasn't had a good year. Um, I know you don't want to give in to the fan to, to the players on every aspect, but there hasn't been glowing reviews about him. Mm -hmm. I mean, we got into it on the sidelines with now, granted. If you dig into the story, Ramsey was being disrespectful. And if I'm the coach, I'm going to stick up and get in his face too because you don't talk to the coaches like that. That's not how right. it works. But he's had multiple arguments with players on the sideline. Ramsey hasn't been the only player that he's got into it on the sidelines. The players have not given glowing reviews about how he handles things. I'm very surprised that Doug Marone survived Coughlin. I think that after Jacksonville does not make the playoffs this year, which they're not going to, personally, I think when I gave a quick review of their schedule before putting my list together, I kind of had them going 5-11. and 11. I think Marone's out after this year. I think that whoever they brought in, the powers that be that took Coughlin's position, they're going to want to bring in a, you know, a fresh slate. So I also think unless Minshew blows it up, he's going to be gone too. See, I thought Minshew did some good things, but – when I watched film on Minshew, I looked at Minshew and I just saw a backup. He just doesn't look like a starter. He just—I don't care about the stash. I don't care that he runs the, that he wears the cutoff jeans. Everyone messes with him about. You know, good for him. I'm glad. I, I take pride when someone says, "Hey, I'm going to do what I, I'm going to. If I want a porn stash, I'm going to have a porn stash. If I want to have cutoff <laughs> jeans, I'm going to have cutoff jeans. Live your life. Don't let anyone tell you how to live your life. So, you know, I don't care about all that. But I looked at the tapes. You know, and I looked at the and I looked at him trying to fit balls into tight spaces and his ability to throw the deep ball. And when they don't have a running game going with Fournette, when they're, they're playing somebody, if you look at the tapes, when they're playing somebody who's not giving up rushing yards, he does. He's not that guy. He's not fitting those balls in tight spaces accurately in small spaces. He doesn't have a great deep ball. He was just there. I mean, if we're being honest with each other, if Nick Foles doesn't get hurt, he never sees the field next year. Let's just be honest. It's just a circumstance. So he's there. So I look at Jacksonville. They're not going to have a great year. Don't be surprised if in the offseason Marone's gone, the GM gets to bring in his guy with a clean slate and a new quarterback, and Fournette will probably be traded after this year because the last thing you want to do is bring in a young new quarterback a new coach who will probably be younger. The league is going, if you look, with Judge and other people. The league is trying to get younger at the head coach position. Looking, you know, L.A., teams are slowly doing that. You bring in a young coach and a brand-new quarterback, you don't want anyone there who's kind of more powerful voice than the coach, and that's what Fournette is. Uh, you know, so I think this is Marone's last year, and I think this is Minshew's last year. I'm not sold on him. I see a backup. He'll be in the league. He's a good guy to have as a backup because mm -hmm. he's got experience. But, you know, they lost a lot on defense, man. I mean, I feel bad for – I feel back for, bad for uh, Miles Jack because Miles Jack's going to have to carry the load this year. He lost his best yeah. defensive end. He lost his other cornerback. I mean, he's going to be running for his life. I mean, if you play Jacksonville basically this year, as long as you avoid the tight end, because that's who Miles Jack's going to be running with. Mm -hmm. you throw everywhere else, you should have a field day. Yeah, yeah I, I, again, I think, I think again, this, this was a uh, 
a management affecting the team. I don't I don't know how well the, the head coach is going to do this year. We'll see with without Coughlin there if, if he forms relationships with his players. I think Coughlin was a huge influence and it was a it was a huge obstacle really in, in the coaching in the coaching department for the Jags. I mean that Coughlin ain't no joke. I mean he's very very strict, and I think maybe Coughlin was talking to him about this style about being strict. And unless you have, they have fun. They yeah. Have. I mean, you got, I mean, listen, when Coughlin took over the giants, they had problems. I mean, he had arrows of, on how you walked, which way to walk. And they had to follow him or get fined. You had to be the meetings five minutes early. So they were fine. And finally the, the players got together straight hand and a few others and said, listen, coach, we can't do this anymore. So he said, okay, I'll form a committee. Well, you could be my spokesperson. They can talk to me through you. And I think, his style has always been that way, and uh, I don't think it really helped the head coach of the Jags last year at all. No, no. So we got the Jags at 30. We've got one more team today. We've got one more team today coming in at 29. Um, should be no surprise who's coming in at 29. I mean, well, maybe it could. They got some good stats. So who you guys think is at 29? And Justin got the last one right. I know he had uh, Justin had the Jaguars at 32. Struggling right now. Hey, look, let me tell you, I had two cups of coffee today. We're almost they're both empty. I'm struggling. <laughs> He's trying to get through his late night. We call him late night Maddie Ice. That's what we call him. Uh, so just the Panthers are here. He thinks the Panthers are at 29. Let's find out who's at 29. Let's roll to the footage. Coming in on the Big Guy Sports Radio Network prediction number 29. Bam. The Detroit Lions. Number 29, Matt Patricia. He is on his way out. All right. So the Detroit Should have been gone. Team profile. Last year went 3-12-1, just like the uh, Redskins. They did not win a game in the division. They did not beat the Bears, the Packers, or the Vikings. 0-6. Surprisingly, they had a top half of the league offense, so they did good on offense. Everybody knows Stafford could sling it. They went 14th in total offense, 25th in defense. Veterans additions, Chase Daniels. If you're a Lions fan, you better hope he never sees the field. Uh, let's see. They signed a lot of people. Jamie Collins was a good pickup for them. Reggie Ragland was a good pickup. They picked up Trufant. They picked up Curse. They picked up Harmon. They put a lot of money in defense, and then they went all. They went defense in the first round of draft. Jeff Akuda was hands down the best cornerback in the draft. It wasn't even close. He was so far ahead of the next guy, you know, he was that good. They brought in DeAndre Swift, and they Monster. needed a running back. They didn't. Have it. Yep. They brought. They picked up two guards to help the line. They needed guards, and they picked up Okwara, who a linebacker. And they, they lost J.D. McKissick. No big deal because DeAndre Swift's better. I'm saying it. That's right. I know he ain't played yet. That's true. Anyway, Snacks Harrison is good, but he's also getting up there. A little long in the tooth. Not taking anything away from snacks. They signed a lot of defense because you look at it and it was a smart off season for them. They already had a working offense. When your offense is in the top half, 14th, you don't need to improve your offense. Not everyone can have a top five offense in the league. They needed to improve the defense. They drafted defense. They signed a lot of defense. Jamie Collins was a great pickup. I think that we put them 29th, but... I honestly believe the Lions, this time we'll start with Mac, the Lions could be one of those teams, hear me out on this, 
that even though we put 29th, could be there towards the last game challenging for that last playoff wildcard spot. And I'm going to tell you why. The, the Bears, I'm not sold, are that good. I know everyone wants to talk about their defense, and I know there's a chance that Nick Foles could win the job, but I'm not sold on the Bears. I'm not sold on the Bears being that good. Um, the Packers, I don't know what's going to happen with the Packers this year. Yes, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, and they had a great record last year. But also, there's a lot of controversy going on in Green Bay right now with Jordan Love over his shoulder and everything, even though I don't think he's ready. And then you look at the Vikings. I don't want to take anything away from the Vikings. And Adam Thielen is a stud, one of the best wide receivers in the league. But is he still one of the best wide receivers in the league when they don't have to worry about Stefan Diggs running around the field? Good question, Or can they double-team Adam Thielen and take him out of the game plan? You know, and you know, because Diggs, say what you want about Diggs. Yap are all wide receivers who are good yap. So, I mean, you know, what did he do that no one else does? So my point is, is that as much as we put the Lions here at 29, Mac, don't be surprised if with two weeks left to go in the season, the Lions are like a game out of the last wild card spot and still have a shot. Well, I mean, they started off strong last year. A quick point on Minnesota. Listen, they got a great tight end, and their running game can pound you into submission. So I can hold out. If I'm not worried about Minnesota at all. I, I mean, listen. Detroit, Detroit started off quick last year. Um, this is another organization problem with Detroit Lions. They've had some unbelievable players in the past. They've never built the teams around them. I don't, I don't know if Patricia uh, can turn it around. Hopefully, he can for the Lions because I got a lot of uh, a lot of friends that are Lion fans. Um, uh, listen, you had the great Barry Sanders. I mean, one of the greatest, probably you could say the greatest running back of all time, of, of his time, never built a team around him. Uh, Matt, Matt, yeah, Calvin Johnson, again, Matt Stafford. I mean, if you, if you you play fantasy football like a, a lot of you, I know a lot of you do, Matt Stafford has some stats that would blow you away. I mean, he's an unbelievable quarterback. Quarterback. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Uh, their defense at certain times during their history has been okay. You'd have to go way back into the – early 60s, late 50s, before they were a championship team. They have not even sniffed the Super Bowl. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's an ownership problem. I don't know if it's a management problem. And maybe Patricia, uh, knowing, knowing the Patriots system can put something together there, I, I really don't think so. I mean, listen, I, I, I kind of feel bad for Lions fans because they're one of the oldest teams in the league and really haven't done nothing. Um, for some reason – they can't put together a, a, a competitive team, and I don't know why that is, man. Because listen, like you said, Green Bay is, is going to be—they're going to have a winning record, uh, but they have a lot of questions. They didn't really didn't help. Uh, 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 they really didn't help themselves with their first-round draft pick, to me anyway. They sure didn't help Rodgers. Uh, Minnesota's going to be fine, even with losing with losing Diggs. I mean, uh, they're just a strong team defensively and offensively. And this is a perfect shot for Detroit to get up there and, and get into the mix. But I really don't think they'll be able to do it again. Well, you, hit, you hit a couple perfect points, before, and then we'll let Matt's opinion on this. But uh, number one, Stafford's an amazing quarterback. You talk about Detroit finishing 14th in offense. They finished 14th in offense strictly on him. And that's yeah. yeah. Because they were around him. So he basically – He's good enough to get you a top half offense because top, you know, cut 16. He's good enough to get you a top 16 offense by himself. So yeah. he can play. He could sling it. He always has been. Well, he's got a Georgia, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He's always been able to sling it. Um, the greatest team that never won a national title. 
2017. Maddie, though, the reason Maddie, I think that uh, Maddie, I said I think they're have a shot for that last wild card team is they totally did their whole off season and their best pick in the draft was totally built on their biggest weakness. Listen, I I really truly believe that the Detroit Lions are my number one candidate to go from a worst to first situation in their division, in their teams. I don't know if you guys noticed, but everyone in our bottom four that we listed, 32, 31, 30, and 29, all finished last in their division. Um, no team has finished last in the, in the uh, NFC North twice in a row in like the last 12, 15 years or something like that. Thing about the Detroit Lions, I believe, with Paul Pascaloni running defense, Daryl Bevel running the offense. I don't even know if Bevel is still there running the offense, uh, to be honest with you. Matt Stafford's going to do his thing. The guy Galladay, the receiver, Galladay, man, very that good. kid. Very good. Very, very good wide receiver. You know, this kid has game-breaking speed, great hands, great route runner. Magic He's Cal- aggressive. He reminds you of a Calvin Johnson. He doesn't have that great, like that long, like length to his size. He's got good size, but he's not like he's not like Megatron was. Calvin Johnson. I played against him in high school. That's a whole different ball game right there of a man with a football. But Matt Stafford is going to be more comfortable with um, with DeAndre Swift. There, DeAndre Swift is a game changer. Also coming out of Georgia, another damn good dog. He's got a great tight end, TJ Hawkinson, who they brought in. That kid's going to be a stud. You've got Isaac Nada, another Georgia Bulldog coming in. That's a big old tight end. That's a big guy who didn't do anything last year because he was hurt, but he's there. They've got Bo Scarborough. They've got uh, McKissick is gone. Carryon Johnson is going to be there to help out DeAndre Swift. So their biggest improvement, though, in my opinion, was on their defense. The defensive additions they made were so necessary and so needed even down all the way, they got Julian O'Quara in the third round out of Notre Dame. That's a really good pickup. The heck of a you know, pick. a, that's a heck of a pickup in the third round. You know, for uh, that guy was well, Max. A lot of people, Max a Notre Dame fan, so he'd call it. Yeah, he he he's right though. Like pickup if he picked him in the seventh round, he was like, hap, hap. He if, was, they, if they had it, would have been a heck of a pickup. You know, yeah. but then. You look, they lose guys like Snacks Harrison, who is literally just a two-down guy for, for running downs, first down, second down, he's off the field. So you're not really taking that big of a loss. He wanted a ton of money. They lost Logan Thomas, not a big deal. You know, they've got guys to fill in. And uh, Rashad Melvin is going to hurt. I believe personally they need to go out and sign the safety Eric Reed. Mm-hmm. I think they need to go out and pick him up. He's still, on the, he's still available. Uh, signing Hal Vitae, he can play center. They took Trufant to come in and take Melvin's spot. The thing about Desmond Trufant is if you look at what he did with Atlanta last year, he's so inconsistent. He's great when he wants to be. He's going to strike you. He's going to hit you. But he's not great in zone coverage, and he's not really that great one-on-one unless he gets a good press off the line. He's one of those guys that's either going to be do or die for you. He's either going to get smoked or he's going to play really well. I don't think he's going to be the one that changes the you game. you got to love what they did at linebacker, though. Jamie Collins and Reggie Ragland. Reggie Ragland, Jamie Collins, I really think that's going to transform their defense from the inside out. You know, like um, like Bill Parcells and all these great defense, of course, they had a policy you build that defense from the inside out. I truly believe – you start with your middle linebacker and you work your way out on your defense. That's how I was. That's how I was brought up through learning about the sport and how co- the greatest coaches ever did it. They built from the inside out, and I believe the Lions did a great job of doing that with those two additions. Man, two Pro Bowl top tier guys. They're going to play the run. They can cover. They can put guys in the right place. Either one of them can rear the green dot on their helmet. My biggest issue with Detroit 
right now is Matt Patricia. And well, I believe I'll that as long guys, but so let me ask since you brought his name up because they were, then we're going to move on to closing up for tomorrow's show. Um, Matt Patricia, I read doing research for this. I read a lot of articles out of Detroit and some stuff. A lot of people say it's, this is Patricia. If Patricia doesn't have a winning record this year, he's gone. Yeah, listen, they, I'm surprised they're even letting him go into this season after the fallout with Darius Slay. Because long of the short, man, you lost the best lockdown corner in the NFL, the best cover corner in the NFL, Darius Slay. You lost him because of Matt Patricia ruining the relationship with him and saying the things he shouldn't have said to him publicly in front of the team and treating him and ridiculing him the way he did. All right? So if players continue to complain about Matt Patricia and if things continue to be bad with him, then get rid of him. We know that the Belichick tree is not great when it comes to his coordinators taking jobs. You know, and <laughs> We just got Joe Judge. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. We know you got Joe Judge. Now, that historically, it's not been great for them. You look right. at Charlie Weiss, Romeo Crennel, uh, McDaniels didn't have a great run as a head coach. He went right back to, to the Patriots. Right, yeah. You know, so if you look at it, man, it's not necessarily the greatest coaching tree. Now, there's not been one come off that tree like Joe Judge, a young guy who's been around the team for seven, eight years. Those coordinators came in, had one or two good seasons, won some Super Bowls, and they got jobs. And they were gone. And they were gone. Joe Judge has been there seven, eight years now, you know, through it all with, with, with Belichick. And I really think that's going to be a difference for him with the Giants. And, and, and uh, Matt Patricia, man, he had he, he had great, great teams in New England. He came in with a lot of credentials behind him. But he just not cut out to be a head coach, it doesn't seem. It doesn't seem like the team has any confidence in him. Yep, you're probably right. Uh, you know, uh, we're all right. So we're that's our list for today, 32 through 29. Kevin, the Cowboys fan, says the Lions are better than the Giants. Well, the Giants had a better record than the Lions. I it's true. And maybe it's by a game, but yeah. Yeah, well, we, yeah he doesn't like the Giants, the Cowboys. Well, he's, it's true. I respect that. He's not, he's not looking at the team. He's just not a Giants guy, which is okay. Right. It's all hey, good. We don't expect everyone to listen to the Giants. Hey, there, there's there's like 20 teams better than Dallas right now, too. So I know. Who cares? No, he's allowed to do his opinion. I mean, no, definitely, definitely. But it is. I mean, the Giants haven't shown anything in the last three years to make anyone think they are any good. Honestly, if you think about today, yep. if you look at both teams today side by side, the Lions might be better than the Giants right. for all we know. Now, you're, good. now yeah. you're just losing. Now, right. you're, just losing We're We're now home. Home. you're just losing your mind. Get out of here. Anyway, oh, we're done for today. We will be next week, next Sunday, we will do 28 through 25 in part two of our series on ranking the teams as we get down closer and closer and find out where the Jets and Giants did land on the list. Um, we got to remind everybody tomorrow night, it is tomorrow, right? We have Mets writer. Greg Prince coming on. There yeah, you go. There you are, Greg Prince, who, who wrote some outstanding books for the Mets. He's uh, He knows a lot of knowledge about the Mets history and, and presently. So, uh, it's going to be a fun guest and uh, something for you Mets fans out there, something for you baseball fans out there. There's a lot of different different stories from him, and and he'll be on to discuss the Mets with us tomorrow. He'll be on, and later in the week we got a boxing guy coming yes, on, and, and uh, Toucan Sam is coming on someday. I don't know. We got people all over. Mac, hey, if you know him, <laughs> you know. Sometimes I know him. Sometimes I say, who? I don't know. You know, Matt means these people. I don't know where he finds them, swap meets or flea markets, or I don't know where he goes, but he seems to have a good time finding the people. So we bring him on, but it should be a good week. Got a baseball, got writer. We got a uh, boxing guy coming in. Four, four 
a former heavyweight champion, guys, not just a boxer. I'm a former heavyweight champion. I won the big guy sports heavyweight title. You didn't you hear what Iceman Scully said? He said there's like four. We could create a title. He told us it's like forty two. Oh, we're, we're talking about a legitimate, legitimate heavyweight. I know. Champion. Maybe he'll box me for charity. I How many Super Bowls has Dallas won in the last twenty years? Oh, Alleds, yeah, they're all right. This season uh, Eleven days, people. Eleven days until the return of baseball. Exciting. Uh, hockey's almost back. Basketball, Kevin, we love you. Don't don't worry. Yeah, about yeah, it. Kevin, have a great day, man. So you guys, you guys, here. Enjoy your Sundays, Al, Tyrone, Justin. A lot of people checking in. And Doug came in long enough to tell us he was mad that they <laughs> ranked thirty second. Oh, he's pushing on. Which it happens, you know. We're, we're hey, listen, listen. Is it so bad to have the worst record in the league? And you get the first pick next year. Yeah, yeah. And then, then I get to come on the air after the draft and tell Mac how Kyle Allen's still the quarterback and they didn't take the Clemson guy. Oh, well, this is this is all good stuff. This is stuff <laughs> that lives forever on the internet. Yes, sir. Goes or Mac can sit here and tell me how I was wrong and they took the Clemson quarterback. Uh, I won't. I won't rub it in, Chip. Don't worry. Kyle, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll bring it up. You're not not in a rubbing way, but you'll see in the conversation. And he's <laughs> probably going to go take a nap. Can you nap on? Saturday? Uh, can I nap? I don't know. I need to take a nap right now. Did Kevin, just say how many Super Bowls the Giants won in the last 55 years. Four. We've won four Super Bowls since the last time the Cowboys won a Super Bowl. We're one of the top franchises in football with Super Bowls. Oh, yeah. he just wants he just wants he just wants the even if you go pre-merger, we were dominating championships. We won the merger, so we got, got 2011, 2007, 1990, 86. How many teams are only like two teams in the whole league that have won more Super Bowls than the Giants? In every decade, yeah. We've won like every total. total. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pittsburgh and San Fran. New England and we're the only team that's won a Super Bowl in each of the last decades. Yeah. yeah. And, well, I'm, sure, I'm right, though, right? Pittsburgh and New England are the only two teams that have won more Super Bowls as a franchise in the Giants. Giants and Cowboys both have four. I think, I think Cowboys got, 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 got a lot of Super Bowls from Landry days. And stuff. I only be one more, but yeah. yeah you're Last 55 years, we, we got five. We got four. The NFC East in the last 20 years. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. Kevin is, you know, he forgot. Don't pay Dak Prescott, Kevin. Get out of here. Yeah, man. Okay. Hey, hey, hey. Kevin, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for, thanks for, thanks for making us laugh today. I love it. Thank we you. gotta go. We'll see you guys tomorrow night for some kind of craziness. Have Bye, a guys. Day. Have a great one, guys. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network.